Welcome to Four Times the Charm, where niche is neat. I'm your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt. We have two special guests today. It's Kyle. Hi. And Nick. Hello, we're back. And we are back for the 2023 Year in Review, a special that we dedicated so much time to that this episode's not being posted until February because we wanted to make sure that our list was more definitive than any other list in the internet. So we took four individuals with four disparate interests in music, even though it's still sort of in the same kind of genre, if you know what I'm saying. We put everyone into a big old pool, we shuffled them all together, and then we ranked out the 23 best albums of 2023 as dictated by us and as dictated by three extra albums Matt found that none of us had listened to. Well, no, it's because it's, tw- it's it's a 2023 year in review, so we had to have exactly 23 albums. That's why. It makes total sense. Also, the, the additional albums that you'll find out about in the future come from many review sites as they uh, yes. laid out their top of the year list. There were supposed to be two more, but 23 is more powerful than 24. That's right. 2023 it is. So here is how we put our list together. Each of us submitted five albums to be part of the end of year review, totaling 20 albums. There was a fair bit of overlap. And so from our top 10 lists, we added additional albums into there. Uh, After that, there were the three additional albums that Matt added from highly reviewed uh, websites online, and thus that gave us the total 23 albums from the year 2023 that we are set out here to review today and go through from 23 all the way to number one, finding not just the best album of the year, but who of the four of us had the best selection of Ooh. albums of the year. Who is the tastemaker of 2023? And on the other hand, who has the worst taste? Who is the poopy McPoopy pants <coughs> of 2023? Who has the absolute worst ungodly golden corral taste <coughs> of 2023? <coughs> We're going to find out Not here this today. Year, Kyle. Barbs have already been thrown around. I, of course, was 2022's McPoopy Pants, and our tastemaker was Nick. Uh, Nick, going into this here, before we hit album 23, do, do you have any parting thoughts as, as the person who has been the reigning defending champion for the past 365 days and change? You know, I think my odds are pretty good this year. Uh, there's a fair bit of overlap between my albums and Matt and Kyle's albums again this year, but everyone did post a lot of bangers this year. So we'll, we'll see, but I, I, I think I might be able to take it two times. All right. Well, we'll see about that. Mm. Uh, There will also be two additional sets of awards. We'll be going through today. One will be our disappointment of the year, an album that did not uh, reach our expectations And then we will also go through the potpourri albums of the year. If there's an album that didn't quite make it into your top rankings or just an album you wanted to shout out for any random reason, each of us are going to have a special award that we've designated for a special album. So with that said, who's ready to start with the number 23 
as aggregated from our four rankings, I'm, the lowest ranked album of our list of 23 this year. I'm as ready as an evangelist on the radio, Ben. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bring in the energy to 2024. Ben, tell us what number 23 is. Our first item on the docket our number 23 album of the year is an album (laughs) that i found to be quite enjoyable and it's unfortunate for me that no one else did uh this is from the reverend Kristen michael hater it is saved which is a uh it's it's sort of a, a, a televangelist album gone awry. Uh, think a cult leader album uh, mixed in with gospel adjacent music with a with a very dark flair to it. Uh, as someone who grew up listening to a lot of Grand Ole Opry's uh, and sort of uh, you know 1940s 50s bluegrass music, the music found in here resonated with me a lot, just because it was very good uh, renditions of that style of music, and then it's interspersed with these really unsettling cuts. Uh, in between the songs as it's meant to sound like an old uh it's meant to sound like an old record that's been partially recorded over with live recordings of their actual sermons with people speaking in tongues and the like uh and i think it's a super fun listen uh the artist behind this was previously known as uh lingua ignota which is uh, Latin for... Got it in one. Yeah, yeah. Latin for unknown language. But this is her first album under the Reverend Kristen Michael Hader name. Uh, And while I think it's certainly an uneven album, this was my top album of the year. It was my number four. Um, I think that is a very distinct sound. I think it's very unique. I think everything they do is well done. And I think it does a very good job of building this sense of unsettlingness as the album progresses so nick what did you think of the album saved uh you know there were only two albums on the list that i disliked this year and this was one of them um it didn't really vibe with me at all like the style of music or really even the delivery of it the themes i get and like i enjoy but it it really was not my cup of tea and i struggled to make through it Kyle? Uh, my views are the exact opposite of Ben's. I thought it was a absolute assault to the ears. The volume changes were very bad, and I thought my uh, phone was acting up. Turns out it was actually the song. Uh, the cuts were very random, and just... Uh, what's the best way to put this? Uh, disjointed? Very disjointed. Um, and lyrically speaking, it did not resonate with me at all. Um, considering how hyper-religious it is, um, based on but that's, that's Kristen Hader's almost, on her experiences, yeah. I'm well aware about that. Um, there's a so, there's a real there's a real complex con- context to this album getting released that we do not have the time to get into. No. Um, yeah, but, I was I, I, w- I was reading it 
before. Yeah, it's uh, a lot. I was reading about it beforehand. It's way too much going into for being a number 23 yeah, album. This I is, will this say, is, though. This is like a gold situation. Yes. Yeah. The only thing I will say is that the warbles in the volume is purposefully done to yeah, match what a warped it's record atmospheric. sounds like. Where yeah. it's so, so similar, it's wh- interesting whether you like it or not, it's purposeful. Yeah, I do want to? Yeah, like I, I think every everything on this album that has some weird shit going on in it, whether it's gonna be, you know, some albums later in the list or earlier on the list, they they all do everything they're doing intentionally. Um, but for me, I kind of land in the middle between Nick, Kyle, and Ben, um, where I liked it because it was new and weird and different and reminiscent of the past. It was going to be my potpourri award, which I ended up getting giving to another album. Uh, the only reason it ranked so much lower... There's albums on this list that I disliked listening to more or had a more uh, negative opinion on. Uh, but this was also my number 23. Um, and it's just because I never wanted to listen to it again. I, I'm typically a person that always listens to albums from first song to last song. I don't like randomly mixing albums when i'm listening to a playlist like the one we made uh i never didn't skip one of those tracks every time after i listening to it twice through every time that that song one of the songs on the song came in a shuffle i never wanted to listen to it and when i was going through all of the albums yesterday and today one last time i was like i have negative interest in listening to this a fourth time because this time the, the fourth time was not the charm with this one well, then let's move on to our number 22 pick. Ooh, okay. Another Ben pick. This is where it gets spicy because I knew 23 was going to be saved. Uh, from this point forward, I am completely blind. Outside of maybe well, one. Well, number 22 is another one, Matt, that you had some qualms with. It is Wayfarer yes. with the album American Gothic. Ooh, another so, one of my picks. So far, we're lining up exactly with my order. That's right. Uh, this is like a, th- this is like if metal existed uh, on the Oregon Trail is kind of the vibe that I get from this uh, this album. I-, I think each song is very unique and different. It has a wonderful blend of sort of Western themes as well as uh, the metal side. Uh, I think False Constellation and High Plains Eulogy in particular are just super unique and really showcase the diverse tools that Wayfarer has at their uh, disposal. I rank this one pretty highly. It was at it was at the bottom of my top five, uh, but I still super liked it. So uh, we ended with you, Matt. Before let's start with you here. What do you think? Uh, I so I like Wayfarer as a band, um, and they've kind of toyed around with this sound. I loved their 2018 album World's Blood, and I liked a Romance with Violence from 2020. Um, this sound just I don't know. It never connected with me. It it was very similar to Black Raid One, um, and a, and slightly mm. similar to Black Raid Two, where I can see the thing that's creative and unique about it. But there's not enough of it for me to care. And so mm. with that removed, it's just like an okay album. Um, but also, like, to put in context, this album won Album of the Year awards across the metal sphere. Um, including Angry Metal Guy, not only did it get multiple Album of the Years from the many reviewers, it was also their aggregate Album of the Year. Wow. Um, 
and it just it just didn't connect with me. I admit that it's good. Like I liked this album a lot more on shuffle when I wasn't listening to it in context of the rest of the album. Like when a track from the album mm. would come on, I'd be like, oh, cool. Uh, but it's a it's a solid two out of five for me. So you know, and it sat firmly at my twenty two. All right, uh, Kyle. Um, I'm gonna be a little bit more harsh than Matt. Um, okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm. You I ranked it higher than Matt did. I know That's I did. Funny. Um, because I thought there was another album that was slightly worse. Um, How dare you, Kyle? It, it's not Siege Obsessed. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I thought this album was really boring. Uh, I felt. Like to Matt's point, they could have done a lot more with that sound, and just didn't. Um, they see, see but, Panopticon or fucking um, yeah, Pan. Uh, it's like when you get, yeah, when you throw in the American, yeah, when you throw in that American folk, uh, Panopticon is probably at the pinnacle um, of that genre. Um, but it, this album by far had the most boring song of all the all the songs in this playlist. Um, wow. Re- Reaper in the oil fields. Uh, the the guitar riff is literally just two chords. That's it. I like Reaper in the Oil Field. It's no. too simple. It's way too simple. It's they too could, simple without song, being... Okay. Literally two chords. They could have done a lot more than that. It, it's, I just couldn't get into it. And I on, like, on I'm like i like with Matt. I like Wayfair. Their older albums are great. Yeah. But I digress. Well, well here, Nick, you ranked it a little bit more favorably here. Uh, any quick thoughts on Wayfair? Yeah, I actually like the album. Um, it's where, really did, where does this come on your 23? It is 18. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, 19, I, I, actually. 19, sure. Uh, Thanks, I, <laughs> I like this album. Um, mm-hmm. I my, my opinions are kind of similar to Matt and Kyle's with the caveat that I actually do enjoy the album. Um, I really enjoy the atmosphere of it, and I really, really enjoy the themes. This is one of those albums where I'd put in the category where, like, I'm happy it exists and I'm happy someone's doing this, but it's not something I'm actively going to seek out or return to. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, here, let's spend no more time on Wayfair then and go to our number 21 album of the year. Drum roll, please. Uh, this yeah yeah drum 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 it is don't actually drum roll that's bad audio it is the album fires in the distance oh wow uh yeah with the album air not meant for us well i am blown away by how low this is on this list yeah uh matt you ranked this much higher than everyone else yeah although this was a uh this was a recommendation by other uh, review aggregate sites. Uh, Matt, what did you enjoy about Fires in the Distance with Air Not Made for Us? Uh, Fire Fire in the Distance is uh, a Newcastle, Connecticut band. Uh, this is their second full-length album. And for me, what makes this so impactful is their blending of like melodic epic doom and death metal. Um, the use of making of taking mellow death and incorporating like piano and strings in these bigger, more emphatic moments uh, really, really got to me. I thought this in we can compare it to something like Wayfair um, took its conceit, its thing that was going to make it interesting, which was the use of melody and piano um, and really honed it and used it just the right amount. 
Um, this was in my personal top 10. If I had provided my full top 10, this would have easily landed up there. Um, and I think it's partially because compared to some of the other albums on this list, I wanted to listen to these songs again. They're long too. I mean, like the average song length on this album is like nine minutes. Um, but I really kept finding myself coming back to each of these tracks and found them engaging from beginning to end, which I, I had a hard time with um, on this whole list. Um, and, it, and it felt fresh for me. Well, Kyle, you had this as your second lowest ranked wow! album here. Holy uh, shnikes. Uh, walk us through that. I also found this album very boring. Um, oh. every, all the songs were very monotonous in terms of tempo, uh, the, the riffing and all that, uh, except for the last song where they actually decided to up the tempo. Kyle's really uh, here for a Gen Z demographic. No, like it, 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 every song sounded the same. It, it was just boring. Uh, I, Nick, I, do, I disagree Nick, with you. I disagree I with you. <laughs> all right. Well, well, let's kiss here, about it. Here, it's all right, children. Uh, Nick, you were the second most favorable to this album. Uh, any more positive thoughts or, or what this album yeah. leave you with? So, I mean, I'm just going to quantify real quick that everything on my list 21 and above, I enjoyed. Like, it's like a three yeah. or above. Um, where where did this land for you? Because this wow, is my number thanks, seven. Nick. <laughs> this was 18. And um, Kyle, where did you have this? 22. Ben? Uh, 20. Okay. Wow, fucking Christ. Wow. All right. I think this is a really cool album. I really, really enjoyed how melodic it is um, and just how heavy the guitar work got as well. Mm-hmm. Um. I do think that some of the songs overstayed their welcome a little bit and it kind of made it a little hard to return to because they were kind of a commitment to listen mm-hmm. to the whole songs. Um, but I think it's, it was a really cool album. Um, I'm This is something I actually wish I had more time. Like, I wish I had I'd spent more time with this and found it earlier in the year because I think it may have ended mm-hmm. up on my top ten list. Um, I, I do really recommend, like, a long walk and nice headphones with this one. It's like it's worth kind of like falling into. Mm. Yeah, I I listened to the album and I didn't get much out of it. Maybe it was just how I was listening to it. Maybe it's user error. I described it as it felt like an album written by WWE's current music producers. Uh, it just sort of fell flat with me. I mean, but but it's like mellow death, right? I'm not really a I'm not really a mellow guy. It's more like mellow all, doom. So. Mellow doom. Yeah, it's, okay. it's clo- uh, it is it is closer to like it has heavy doom metal elements to it, which is you know good for me. Yeah, it. Ju- I I just think it wasn't my style of album. I could tell they were technically very proficient, but uh, it was it was way away from the front of my mind when it came time to rank these albums. All right, well let's take us on to our next pick, Ben. Number 20, very, very interesting album here. Nick, could you tell us? Yes. Could you tell us, Nick, about your number two album of the year, (gasps) Ascension, with the album Under the Veil of Madness? Oh, I was so close to this one, too. Well, Ascension is a five piece out of um, Aberdeen, Scotland and they are a power metal band that's been around since 2004 
and this is their latest release after a t- after an 11 year hiatus. Yeah. Um, it is the epitome of cheesy American power American style power metal. Mm-hmm. Um, super fast riffage, just incredibly high whaley vocals. The lyrics are just ridiculously silly. Um, it's honestly everything I love about power metal, and I believe in our media roundup it was actually my top album. Um, it was. It was in my top three as well. I love this album, and this album, if, if someone asked me why I love power metal, this is honestly one of the albums I would point them to. Just because it is so high-paced, it is a lot of fun, it's silly as fuck, it's, it's got a wonderful epic in it, um... This, uh, that shares the album name under the veil of madness that is just ridiculous with like operat like tra- more traditional operatic vocals uh, just I love this album and I can't wait for them to come out with the next one so let me ask Matt then okay because you had this in your mid-year roundup you had it ranked pretty high and when yeah. it comes time for the end of your roundup you have it ranked number 19 yeah Where'd that drop-off happen for you? Walk me the, through this. The more I listened to it, the more bored I became with it. So in, wow. even okay. even in my mid-year roundup, I mentioned that the total composition for me is what's lacking. Um, like, they're great musicians, but the only song that, made, that I ever wanted to listen to again was Under the Veils of Madness. Now, this is not the only power metal album on our list this year. But this is one of those album power metal albums where I thought it was really cool and it surprised me because of how fresh it was at the beginning of the year. But upon comparing it to the other power metal albums of the year and how frequently I actually wanted to listen to any of the songs off of this one, it just lost me. Um, and the there's moments of auto-tune and production that just kind of, eh. I'll listen to Under the Veil of Madness anytime you put it on. It's a great song. Um, and I have no problem with the rest of their music, but compared to other stuff on this list, it just didn't do it for me. I think that Ascension might have suffered a bit more because it was such a strong year for power metal. Um, uh, there's well. a lot of there, there's a lot of competition to compare it to. Uh, this was my second from the bottom of the year. You're 22. Um, yeah, yeah. This was my 22 of 23. I said it feels stupid. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Well, it is. Yeah, like, I just so. I, I mean, I don't even yeah. disagree with you, Ben. I yeah, will, but Glory Hammer stupid I, and at least fun. Okay, well, we'll get to it. I will be able to expound on this idea later when we get to another album Got in it. our list, but it's going to be away. So, so bookmark this, guys. All right, all right. It's going to be a while before we return here, but there will Kyle. be follow up. Kyle. All right. So I'm in agreement with Matt. Uh, I didn't like a lot of the uh, production uh, choices. Um, I thought like the instrumental work was great, but the auto tune really threw me off. Um, it sounded like it was trying to be like gang vocals when they're actual gang vocals in some of these songs. So it was just like, why? Yeah. So and it just threw me off. That's all I have. All right, moving Fair on enough. to number nineteen, Ben. Well, let's look at number nineteen coming up with the person who's responsible for the 19th best album of the year, as dictated by Fourth Time's The Charm. Nick! Oh, yes, I've avoided the <laughs> five! Oh, I'm losing the title. What can you tell us about 
Gatekeeper. Wow. So with low. their album From Western Shores. Huh. I'm surprised that this ranked so low. Uh, yeah. Gatekeeper is a Canadian epic heavy metal band that has been active since 2009. Uh, this is another album that is after a longer hiatus of five years. Um, this album took me by surprise earlier this year. Um, I wasn't I wasn't expecting much going into it, but it actually ended up being uh, one of my most played albums of the year um, because I find that each song kind of stands on its own. Um, particularly uh, uh, Desert Winds and the self, the title of the album from Western Shores. Um, mm-hmm. I also find that this album kind of fuses the kind of cheesiness and energy of power metal with the more traditional, I don't want to use the word subdued, but I guess mm. traditional. Doomy. Yes, doomy. Thank it's you. doomy. Uh, it's, like, it's like epic doom at moments. Yeah, doomy style of old school traditional heavy metal. And also, I just find the themes a lot of fun as well. It's yeah. totally my vibe. Just going on, you know, adventures and like there's dragons attacking cities and like invading new lands mm. for like treasure and, you know, conquer it. It's standard nerd shit. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I'm sad that it, uh, it plays so well for you guys. That's my fault. This oh. was my lowest ranked album. Wow. Whoa. Of the year. Yeah. I had this. I, so, I had this at 16, which isn't that high in my list, but it, it's just because of the sheer qu- quality coming up. But this, I genuinely really enjoyed this album for all the the trad power. This one, I think, my biggest problem with a lot of trad is the quality of the vocals and the vocal performance. Um, this one, the vocals on this are one of my favorite vocals on this entire list. Um, outside of my power metal album of the year, this one has some of the most just tremendous singing. And it, it, it kind of solves my problem with a lot of the trad in that it doesn't rely on bad production to be cool. It just It's well produced, it's doomy, it's power, and it's trad. And it just blends those three things together in just a really enjoyable time. I think it would have ranked higher if it had committed more to the doom or more to the power. Because there's a couple, there's a couple songs on this where when the sound, when the song started, I couldn't tell which song band it was for like a couple seconds, compared to like two others. Uh, any thoughts, Kyle? You also had this at 16. I did. Twinsies. Uh, yay! Um, so I'm basically in agreement with Matt, but uh, like the vocals are great, uh, guitar work's great, yeah. but but at the end of the day, it just sounded like Judas Priest. And if I want to listen That's to Judas Priest... That's not a problem. It, it is not a problem, but it's like if I want to listen to Judas Priest, I'm going to listen to Judas Priest. I'm not going to listen to Gatekeeper. I respect that. I my 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 big gripe with this band is that I keep wanting to say Gate Creeper. Um, yes, and it really I fucked saw me this up. And I saw this and I thought it was Gate Creeper. Yeah, this every, isn't the reason why I ranked it low. But every, I saw it and every, I, every time I'm like, oh yeah, Gate Creeper. And then although uh, Kyle just posted that there is a new Gate Creeper single out. Yes, yes, and it is very good. We'll talk very about that good. at another time. Yes, uh, but moving forward to number 18 on our list, it's Ooh. another uh, online aggregate pick. Oh, okay. It is Non et Deux with the album Legacy. Matt, can you provide uh, an intro for us here? 
Yeah, no mess do it, sir. However the fuck you want to say it. Are uh, a German Bavarian black metal band. Um, this is their fourth full-length album, Legacy. Um, this was a really well-reviewed album. It ended up on a bunch of top ten lists outside of the albums that we already all had put on our lists. Um, so it came in nice and well. I personally ranked this really low. Um, I liked you it, did. but it, it suffered. It suffered from a little bit of having some of the least number of listens for me. Um, and it just felt normal. Um, I was never excited listening to this album. I, I, I listened to so much black metal that at this point you better be doing something interesting in order for me to really want to engage with your piece or at the very least playing at an incredibly interesting level. Um, and this just doesn't do that. I mean, it's good songwriting and it's cool, um, but very similar to Wayfair. I just was like, all right, cool, that exists, and moved on. Well, Kyle, you had this ranked the highest of any of us. You had it ranked number seven on your list. Holy uh, what resonated, shit. What resonated with you in this album? It's the Nones Deus. So, I just really enjoyed this album. I thought it was very clean. Um, a lot better than their last album, uh, which yeah, also came out last year. Um, but uh, I kind of told Matt about this album, and about a week later, they announced that they're actually finally touring. Um, it's the same dude behind Cannon Fever and Lipa. Yep. Uh, so, uh, throw that in a grain of salt. This guy's very prolific. Um, yeah, massive multi-instrumentalist. and Just, just an all-around prolific. great... Book. Yeah, and I wanted to throw this album in instead of Lipa because we didn't listen to this album. So it's just to give them a little bit more exposure. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, but I thought everything's clean. Um, this is his only band that he speaks English in. Um, but, yeah, so... I, it's like, I, do, I will say, going back to it, I do think I like the Lipa album more. Oh, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. I'm 100% in agreement with you. Um, I Lipa is number six on my personal top ten. Um, Respect. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's like, I'm, I rate this guy very highly. I think he's a great musician. I thought the album was very clean, concise, um, to the point, but no thrills like frills. So it's yeah. just, it is what it is. Um, and that's what I like about it. Uh, Nick, you and I had this at the same ranking of number 15. Uh, what was your experience listening to legacy? Uh, I share a lot of the same opinions as Kyle. Um, and even Matt to an extent as well. Like, this is some really, really good standard black metal, right? Like, there's nothing really special about it. It's not really doing anything crazy, but it's your standard black metal played at a high level. I wouldn't say it's played at an exceptional level to the point that it would end up, you know, on, like, a top ten list for me personally, but there was never a moment on this album where I was like, uh, I'm bored, or, oh, this isn't something that I am going to avoid. I was always happy to have it on, it never really did anything wrong. And if you just want some high-quality, regular black metal, it's kind of hard to go wrong with this album. Yeah, I'm, and I'm in agreement uh, with you and with Matt. Um, and, and even a little bit Kyle. I thought this was a perfectly fine album. I thought there were some really good sections in here. Um, but I, I can't tell you one song that really stood out for me. Uh, and I thought that some of the lyrics were especially... They were like power metal cheesy, which I thought really didn't yeah, fit the tone yeah. of the music. The, the, my favorite was in one song he said, he's, quote, not living yet 
dying. Whoa. That's so deep. I, I think I felt very similarly about this album as Kyle did about fires in the distance. Mm. That's fair. That's completely fair. All right, Ben. Well, take us down the next path of this journey. Well, in speaking of fair, our next two albums are tied. Ooh. So tied at 16, we have two albums, but I'm going to choose this one first in reverse alphabetical order. Nick. Oh, yes. Man. What wow. can you tell us? About Soto Misery with the album Mazaroth. How did. Wow, I'm surprised this is so low. Soto Misery is an album that really surprised me this year. Uh, these guys are out of Stockholm Syndrome. Stock. I was like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Stockholm, Sweden. Um, and they play a really fun style of melodic death and black metal. And I think the black metal is more prominent than this album in their previous yeah. release. Um, Very true. And I really, really enjoyed this album uh, because it's kind of all about the mind um, and kind of fighting it, mastering it, coming to terms with it. Um, I love, love, love the section where a man is kind of talking about the symptoms of depression and as it slowly fades into um, this really fun melodic black, uh, black metal. Um, and this album also kind of combines some of my favorite parts of power metal and like the, the melodic side of it with, you know, the heaviness, the blast beats and like the tremolo picking of black metal. Um, I'm also kind of surprised that wound up on this list since I believe it was my number 10 on my personal top 10 list. Um, but I am very, there was a lot, there was a lot of crossover. (laughs) Um, yeah, this part of the reason this made it on the list of, from your list, uh, Nick, after all of the crossover we had, um, is because this was the uh, number three album of the year from Angry Metal Guy. It was my number eight album of the year overall. Um, and it's just a really outstanding album. I mean, it's really well produced. The black metal in comparison to something like No S Duas sounds fresh. Um, it's fun and it, it does have really strong theming. Like it's, it's lush. It has good production. I listened to this one and fires, uh, back to back, you know, like I listened to fires, then I listened to this and then I went back to fires and back to this in like a four album cycle. Um, because I put them very close to each other and they're kind of this kind of like silky lushness that you don't usually get from that. that I think the melodic end of both death metal and black metal do super well. Uh, and this one incorporates those kind of more synth melodic moments you traditionally see with death metal into a black metal flavor. Just really outstanding work here. Uh, I have this ranked the lowest out of all of us. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. It just didn't grip me like uh, other albums did. Um, I, I just thought it was good. I thought it was good, solid music to listen to uh but kyle i know you ranked it uh higher than me what what did you like and dislike from this album um i thought it was just slightly above standard um i thought it was very well produced uh, a lot of good riffage good solos uh great blend of between death metal and black metal but at the end day it just kind of i thought there was better albums yeah yeah fair enough well here let's keep yeah, go ahead, man. I was just gonna say this is the this is the album that at this point there was there is a a lot of 
symmetry between our, our tastes this year, I think. So there's a lot. It makes these rankings more contentious because there's several albums, I think, attempting to achieve a similar thing, especially around black metal. Um, and we're going to see how that shakes out because there's an album that I think takes this kind of concept and like style and elevates it. Uh, and we'll see how that shakes out in the rankings. Yeah, just to clarify, for these rankings, I averaged all of our rankings of each of them. So it's on a scale of 1 to 23. Um, the difference between the number 7 rank and the number 20 rank is 5 points. Damn. Wow. So it's pretty contentious, each of these rankings. So the fact that one's ranked higher than another doesn't mean a ton, uh, which means a lot when we go to our next album which is tied with Soto Misery this is one that's very special to me <gasps> it is Gone Mage yes with the album Astral Corridors um, we've that, talked about this a ton on the podcast I think, I we think did that, a dedicated review of this too yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure we, we did like one and a half I think uh, well, we but, talked about this in his other album that came out this year that's right yeah uh, so I, I think that Astral Quarters is uh, is Gone Mage's potentially best album to date and I think that he's really brought everything together um it like seeing him grow from his first few albums to now is pretty incredible um i i just love his rhythms i love how he mixes his sounds together uh songs like phasing souls in the album uh, almost feels like a like a wrestling theme to me just because of how he does deliberate yeah just because of how deliberate and catchy the rhythm is you know you just want to listen to it over and over and over again this was my number two album of the year um i keep going back to it uh i'm, I'm curious uh we'll close with you matt because okay. i know you have a relationship here as well but uh nick you had gone mage you kind of torpedoed gone mage gone mage was in the top five and then with your rankings ranking it as your least favorite album oh, of the list. Wow. It really jacked it up here. Oversaved? So Nick, what, what did not resonate with you with Gone Mage? He took my absolute least favorite style of black metal and ran with it. Um, mm. It was really, really hard for me to listen to. I'm gonna be honest, and like, and I'm not to say that there's nothing in the album that I didn't appreciate. There is things in here I appreciated, but like the bulk of it, I really disliked. Um, it it kind of pained me to put it down here too, because a lot of his other releases I do thoroughly enjoyed, and there even were songs in here that I really liked, such as Abandoned Ball Simulator. Um, mm-hmm. but great the fucking more, song. like straight wall of noise, maximum distortion, black metal in the beginning of the album just made it such a chore to get through. Fair Kyle. enough. Um, I'm not as harsh as Nick on this one. Um, where'd you oh, have it? Um, I had it at 19, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the reason being is it's just not my cup of tea. Um, I thought his last album that we listened to last year was a lot better than this one. Um, I'm I'm grim with Nick that the first song was a bit of a slog to get through. Um, It was very abrasive, (laughs) to be quite honest. Um, 
and intentionally yeah but like the latter half of the album i was like okay this is not bad this is actually pretty good um but it's just getting through that first half it was just a bit of a slog okay i i I can all right i understand i don't agree but i understand matt tell them why they're wrong um so i actually don't wholly disagree with them to a sense and i think though that was very intentional by calgram slash gary um this is a really deep dive into the more brutal, harsher side of what Gone Mage can do. Um, I think when when we look at the the career of Gone Mage um, and their album releases, I think they tell a very unique story. Um, when we start with Mystical Extraction, we have two ideas. We have Chiptune and we have Black Metal, and they just are kind of next to each other. They blend, but they're next to each other. Uh, sudden deluge they they really start to layer together and they become the same tool being uh, the same weapons being wielded by um, the same soldier Um, handheld demise they like unify into one really cool weapon of powerful energy and i think we see that in the journey the character is taking um and i think both narratively where we are with the album at this with the character of the curator and calgram and all the other characters on the albums where we're at this point with astral corridor we are in the realm of chaos because you are supposed to be encompassed by the surroundings and for me that was really good this was both my number 10 of the albums on this list and my number 10 album of the year though my personal top 10 does contain two gone mage albums um because i actually really really loved um celestial invocations uh which came out later in the year which is his basketball album i i don't know what else to yeah, call it yeah the the nba jam one yeah didn't, the, uh the, or space jam space yeah. jam one didn't resonate with me the same where, where for me, the Space Jam album was such a surprise, just like Mystical Extraction was, um, that it really, it really just kind of made me tickled inside. Um, but in looking at what people doing unique things with black metal, which as I mentioned is for me with that genre at this point, something I find really important and very, um, enjoyable, this still feels fresh for Gone Mage. Um, and the, and the lean, the lean he took was into those very heavier elements. And I think that is also to somewhat related to his work with Marrow Mage and some of his other, um, black metal projects, um, that he worked on in the last year and last two with like solemn mouth ending, um, you know, and some of his other, um, albums, I think led themselves to influence this one, especially homesick. Uh, which is his more raw black metal band. And I think you see those elements making themselves more present here in Gone Mage. And I really like that. And later coming up this year, hopefully not too long after this, he actually released another uh, Gone Mage album earlier this year in 2024. Just Oh, I didn't know that. Just yesterday, he released oh. um, Spell Piercing, a new Gone Mage release, which we will talk about sooner than later oh man it also Color me excited it also has the best uh album artwork i've ever seen for a gone mage album 
Um, you, as as in the listeners of this podcast, uh, can find it on his Bandcamp. You, as listeners of me right now, live in person, check the uh, the channel and see that beautiful visage. Wow. You know, my parents had one of those dolls um, when I was a kid, and they said that they were cursed and would stab me at night. Well, the album is called Spell Piercing. Yep, sure is. Well, while uh, we take that horrifying visual in, we'll move on to our number 15 album of the year. And once again, I'm on deck. Uh, Oh, Kyle, Kyle, just like we talked about, we're cruising to the top, baby. (laughs) Yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, Number five on my list for best albums of the year is Faith Extractor Contempt for a failed dimension um this band is this band's out of cincinnati ohio so since i'm a kentucky boy you know this is kind of this is ohio valley right this is i'm claiming this is my band not panopticon yeah you guys can have panopticon i don't want panopticon this is more where i'm part from kentucky my family's from too yeah that's right um i I describe this album as dripping in loathing and contempt. Yes. It's just super, super. I, and once again, I'm not the music I write, so I don't describe these things right. But I described it. No, that's it, right. That's completely I, correct. I, I, I described it as sludgy and evil. Yes. Um, uh, I described one song, a life abdignation, as if a horse went on a murderous rampage. Uh, it's, I, I just thought this was a really fun album. I thought the vocal work they did was super cool. The, the way they have it layered, I thought was really nice. Um, I, I just, I, I love when metal albums feel as angry as I want them to. Yes. This just felt so angry and full of hatred. and ju- It felt so pure in that sense just pure um kind of the same feeling i get when i listen to like a gate creeper yeah um even though they're you know different different spectrums of the genre i just really enjoyed uh uh, being engulfed in this stream of of unfettered brutalist hatred um matt what, what what were your thoughts with this one they're very similar to yours i mean this ended up at number 15 on my on my overall list which is, lines up with the place it landed which is bonus points for me um yeah this is no frills death metal this uh this was an album that went for dissonance and heaviness chugginess this is some like knuckle dragging kind of disgusting death metal uh, that was really great. I really loved it. There was only, uh, it's my favorite death metal album on this list, uh, which gives away where I put Massive Gun. Um, um, outside of something like Ulther and Thanafaxis. There are two other albums this year that I felt went for the complete overwhelming wall of dissonance and power um, that I enjoyed a bit more. And it felt like Faith Extractor, not while being like very no frilly black metal, I mean death metal, wanted to be very straightforward. It did achieve that kind of like chaotic sound, but not enough for me to, to get it even higher on my list. I mean, it's a solid three out of five. It's fast. It's fun. Makes you want to kick a wall. It's a good fucking time. I'd love to see them live. 
Um, also, right. it's similar to like Sengwasugabog, which also released an album this year, which is more brutal mm. death, but also very knuckle dragging. It, it would be a very tight toss up for me for to do a death metal album of the year because of something like Faith Extractor. Uh, Kyle, what what were your thoughts? You have this ranked the lowest at number eighteen. Um, so don't get me wrong, I like this album. I just thought it was too standard. If that you if you get what I'm saying. So, um, like when you you know throw death metal at a wall, this is like the band that sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like no, fetid. Exactly. Um, so like no frills, just straightforward, good riffage, good solos. Um, my only critique is they almost fell into the deicide vocal syndrome where it's very monotonous, but he broke out of it. So, which is good. Um, but it's, it, I just thought it was a little bit too straightforward. Um, Kyle, I, can you, can you try to simulate what, what deicide vocals sound like? Um, no, 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 he can't. <laughs> Jerry's asleep. Well, so. <laughs> And she's behind me, so I'm not going to do it. All right. Well, Nick, can can you do deicide vocals? And if not, can you tell us what you liked and disliked about Faith Extractor? I'm going to take a hard pass on the vocals, but what I will say is that this is my kind of death metal. The turn your brain off, super gross, super chuggy, just headbanging your way the whole way through kind of death metal. Um, In before we talk about Massive Gun yeah yeah um yeah no this i i this album really surprised me um i did not think i was going to like it (laughs) when i first saw it but i was very pleasantly surprised and this is another album that i wish i actually had more time with um because it also may have ended up uh on my personal list but I do share most of the opinions already discussed. And, like, this is just a fun death metal album that you turn your brain yeah. off and just, like, like, yeah. like you're saying, drag your knuckles. It's, you know, it's a good yeah. time. It's simple. It's straightforward. You know what you're getting. With you, you're track. literally stomping around in the pit just kind of bobbing. Like, a hundred percent. This is just like a, like, your whole upper body is moving and your lower body is completely still. Just fucking, ugh. You, you, you know, Nick, I, I'm seeing a lot of culminality between us. You know, who would have thought that the Mr. Poopy album of the year guy and the tastemaker of last year would have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the bottom nine albums for 2023? It's because Kyle and I have spent so much time together. <laughs> <laughs> well... If you guys have been spending so much time together, then Kyle, could you please talk to me about Volg with their album three? One off. So I think this is the album that Matt was talking about yesterday that it was rated very low on uh, from my top five, which I respect. Um, it's wow. actually you're gonna be surprised, Kyle. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> because this is the album I thought you were going say, that you were saying. Um, so we this was an album that was on my mid-year roundup. Uh, Walg is a Finnish band, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's two brothers. Uh, they're already releasing an, uh, another album this year. Um, they released, I think, two songs already. Uh, haven't listened to them yet. Um, but um, they're kind of like mellow blackish. Um, 
Yeah, very, very similar to Old Man's Child or early Dima Bagheer. Yeah, exactly. Um, very gritty. Uh, in terms of vocalage, it's very grimy. Uh, and with that, uh, great guitar work. Blast beats. Not much I can say about it. Go listen to the Meteor Roundup. I think I explained a little bit more then. You did. All right. Uh, well, here I'll I'll follow that up. I I thought this was a fine album, but I thought it reminded me a lot of Black Braid, and I thought Black Braid's album was better, so I put it behind Black Braid. Huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, here, Matt. Uh, that's an incredulous response. Uh, both you and Nick had very similar rankings for Volg at 13 and 14. Nick gets points, but Matt, uh, tell me what you thought about this album. It was really fun. Um, when I listened to it in the Meteor Roundup, it didn't really connect with me. Um, but coming back to it in the colder months of the year, um, the the kind of like a smiling mellow black is kind of how I can describe it. Uh, it was very fun. Um, I think what Walg does really well is blend their um, vocal delivery, which is very enunciated in a sense, um, with those gang vocals that come in all around it. Um, I don't think Volg or Walg, whatever, um, does anything exceptionally unique, but everything they do is so well done. Like just the opening passage of Paragigis, weird spelled Finnish word, um is so entertaining um and the fact that they had an outro track before the actual outro song was a really ballsy move especially because they called it outro um i just thought it was a really fun powerful release they have a they have their new album out now um or soon to be released they have the first single from it released um and i think Wog is just a good time. It kind of fits into that Hoth Astrophobo style of Mellow Black where it's kind of warm even though it's about dark stuff. It's also got some really sick album artwork which helped me like it more. It's a fucking druid. Yeah. Oh, I don't think he's fucking in it, but... Uh, but Nick, you know he was uh, before the photo was taken. <laughs> Nick, anything you'd like to follow up with here? Uh, I echo a lot of Matt's opinions. Um, it was really good. It was really fun. I think the strongest point of the album is honestly like his sustained screams. The raspiness yeah. he has in his voice, I think, is just incredible. And it provides a really nice contrast to the very high production value of the rest of the album. Whereas the rest of the album is very clean. His uh, held screams have this real nice rasp. And it provides a cool juxtaposition to the yeah. rest of the instrumentation on the album. If you listen to the end of Datui Monster Zin, the, the third, the second to last track, the outro track, um, his vocalizations when you don't have a bunch of black metal around him is so outstanding. It's just so like visceral and alive, and oh, I love it. Wonderful. Well, here was another album that we collectively loved just a little bit more. Uh, and this is the final album that was aggregated from review websites mm. that we didn't have a that we didn't have a hand in here. It's the band, uh, pardon my pronunciation, uh, Offnus, with the album "Time Held Me Gray," 
and dying. Um, yeah. Offness. Who, who'd, who'd like to start here? Uh, uh, Offness is a band from Cardiff, Wales. Um, they play atmospheric and melodic black metal. Um, this being their debut, it got a lot of attention for how good it does manage to be. Though for me, in comparison to the rest of the albums on the list, I felt its texture and its sound um, left me kind of out of it. I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't drag me in and make me interested, which I feel this more atmospheric, very like washy atmosphere should. Mm, fair enough. Uh, Kyle, what, what are your thoughts? So, yeah. Um, so, as you said, this was another aggregate. Um, I also reckon, uh, recommend this to Matt. Um, this this is, almost made your top five, Kyle. This was your number six. Yeah. Um, it is, And my personal list is my rank number seven. Um, Lipa's number six, obviously. Uh, so, I just love how it blends the mellow, the mellow black with the atmosphere black. I think they did that perfectly well um they did a great job building atmosphere uh the vocals were a little bit more up front which i kind of liked um while still creating that atmosphere uh it's it's just what i like about black metal my two favorite genres just blended together it's just great in my opinion it's so a flavor thing exactly it's a flavor thing yeah i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm cool yeah Klaus? Yeah, this album, man, this is a good album. I tell you what. Um, I really think the atmosphere carries a lot of this album, and I don't even mean that in a bad way. I think they just did mm. such a good job with the atmosphere um, that I was really taken aback by it. Um, this is, I, I think this might be the third or fourth time I've said it, but like, uh, this is another album I wish I had more time with. Because similarly to Kyle, this combines some of my favorite parts about black metal. Um, the more almost airy lighter side of black metal kind of with the the more heavier tremolo picking and blast beats in the background but the Ooh. atmosphere is just phenomenal and i think that if i did find this album earlier in the year it probably would have taken the place of black Blade on my list wow wow, wow. that's impressive yeah, I uh, I echo a lot of these sentiments. I really like this album. It didn't. It ranked about halfway in the list for me, just because there were a lot of good albums here. Uh, but I loved the vocals. It was so raspy that it like became awesome. It, it became like a, a part of it. Um, I thought one thing that was cool in this album is it really felt like there was a sense of progression from song to song, uh, and I felt like as it went on, it got increasingly ethereal uh and so really kept me engaged throughout the album i don't know if there is any one thing i would say that it did way better than anyone else but i stayed more interested in this i found myself tuning out less in this than a lot of other albums even albums that had higher highs than this one wow so i'm very excited to see what they have uh in store in the future yeah and that brings us we we have past the halfway point let's keep going we're looking at number 12 here and matt you've been you've been talking a lot Uh oh well how about you talk a little bit more with mefarash wow this is oh my god okay and the album crystal ah ah 
Wow. So before ash is a <laughs> Kyle. Kyle, it's mephorash with a P. It's not yeah, mephorash like methamphetamine. <laughs> I'm leaving it like that. I'm not changing it. Well, uh, Meforosh is a uh, Swedish band um, that plays a very occult, um, almost sermon, like esoteric flavored um, style of epic melodic black metal. I genuinely think this is without question the black metal album of the year. Um, Crystal, uh, Crystal Ah is a follow-up to one of i think the most surprising and impactful black metal albums of 2019 which was shem ha meforash which was meforash's big breakout album has one of the coolest pieces of album artwork in the planet um and i i knew this album was coming out this year and i was genuinely very nervous i did not think they could actually follow up shem ha meforash without just being boring because that album does so much. It has so much grandeur, has so much impact, so much storytelling that I didn't think you could do that again in a really meaningful way. I thought they were going to unleash the archers themselves, name an album Apex, and then never get back to that Apex. And somehow, some way, uh, Crystal Ah takes that step above, um, ending with a 16 minute epic track. Um, this album really fucking does it for me. Um, the swelling moments, the 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 ability to for each track to not feel long while all being well over six minutes. The shortest track in this album is six minutes and forty five seconds, with again the longest being sixteen minutes. Um, the incorporation of like external elements like crying and screaming makes you feel like you're at a mass and this is like i i cried when i listened to this album i like when i first sat down with this like alone with my headphones on no distractions i was completely and utterly captivated this is my number two album of the year and it's only number two because there was another album that was so refreshing that it kept me going throughout this year but if if that album hadn't come out when it did, Meforash is Crystal would have been my album of the year. Just such tremendous power. It's it's really weird because I listened to this album and I really liked it. Really, really liked it. And this is one of those albums where the more I listened to it, the less I enjoyed it. Wow. And I think it might be because the things I liked about it, I liked other bands, how they did it better mm. i see um, yeah that's for me is every, they're doing what all the other bands on this list are doing but just doing it the best right i i thought that soma yoni uh on the album yeah. was one of the best single songs that any band put out out of this whole list but oh. i didn't find that any other songs on the album matched up to that wow see for and, me that's how i feel about i am which is the two songs later mm, fair enough uh but anyway it, it just you know it could have been a it, it was just weird it reminds me of when i first listened to black braid where i loved it the first time and then the second time and the third time and the fourth time and i was like what what really is this so I, I don't know maybe i just uh maybe i just need a break from it but i thought it was a perfectly good album 
Uh, it was almost in my top 10. Uh, I, I essentially matched the average ranking here. But it just it just didn't stay with me as long. Uh, Nick, what do you think about this? Uh, this ended up kind of low on my list uh, here. Yeah, it was 20. Yeah. It's pretty fucking but, low. But to be fair, I really like this album. I think it's really, really cool what they're doing. The atmosphere they created is super unique. Just the very, like Matt was describing, the massy occult vibes to it. Like, there's not really any other bands kind of doing what they're doing in this way. And I really, really appreciate what it is. But with that being said, this also isn't something that I see myself kind of going back to. It's another Ah. one of those albums where I'm like, this is super fucking cool. And I'm really happy someone's doing this. And that's kind of where it ends. Um. Not to say that they did anything wrong, but it's not something where I'm like, yes, this is what I like, this is what I need, and this is what I'm going to come back to. Kyle? Don't make me hurt you. No, so I actually, (laughs) I hit the nail on the head with this one with number 12. Um, Okay, hell yeah. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed this album. but respectable. I really enjoyed this album. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought every song was an individual ritual in its own yes. right um the only off-putting thing that i thought was the sex ritual because i was listening to my car with my windows down <laughs> but fuck you Kyle, that shit's awesome <laughs> that, yeah, Kyle, that, that is even true awesome. left-hand path magic on display <laughs> in an album about like mystic esoteric judaism no and that part's fine it's just i was getting some looks i'm like well shit i should probably roll up my windows <laughs> um that's but, a good album <laughs> no it's great yeah dude I, I thought the album was great. Yeah. Um, like er, the atmosphere build was great for each individual one. Um, that every song felt different in its own right. Um, they did everything well um, that they were trying to uh, sound out after, and I have no complaints besides that one little thing. It's a great ritual too. The sex sounds <laughs> wonderful. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, like, I, like the, no, I, the, the, I was going to say the sound quality of the sexual moans are perfect. Let's go on. Yeah, right. Like, if you can make that sound good on your uh, on your black metal album, like, good fucking on you. You know, for a bunch of Uplanders, they really crush the hell out of this. I, yeah, I cannot. I this for me. This when you when you put it next to my number one and my number three pick, encapsulates so perfectly what I want out of black metal. Uh there, there is nothing more you could give me. If, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, this album reminds me of this, please, for the love of all that is unholy, send it to me. Um, because there's nothing like this out there for me that really commits to this level with this quality of songwriting. Uh, it's just perfectly captured. Well, our next one on the list is once again a bin pick. Oh, thank God. What? Our number 11 on the list has an average, uh, has an average rank of 11.5. And once again, for comparison's sake, this is compared to 11.75 for Mefarash, 12.25 for Offness, and 11 for our number, uh, 10. Uh, so we have... Kvelgeist with wow. the album Blut, Milch und Tranen. How low did Nick uh, and Kyle rank this to get it so low? 
Uh, it was kind of middle of the road, you know. Uh, this is a Swiss black metal band. This is their second full-length album. Uh, and if you look at the picture of them on the metal archives, it's three of them in the backyard. Um, dude's got a box on his head. Yeah, dude's got a box on his head. So they're pretty yeah, damn yeah. cool. Yeah, this is... So I would have ranked this album higher, but... There was another album that someone else submitted to these rankings mm-hmm. that I thought did this style better, and we'll Ooh. get to that. And so that kind of knocked this sound. one back. A, it, it sort of ate this one's lunch, but that's not to say that I don't think this is an excellent album. Um, it's it's uh, Each song is, there's, I believe, six songs in the album. And each one is titled like step one, step two, step three, mm-hmm. step four. Um, I think there's a lot of really good technique on display. Uh, and in step four, they use a cat sound effect mm-hmm. that's in a Halloween sound effect record that I listened to while growing up. And I thought that was really cool. I just think that the album builds really well. I think it's super moody. Uh, and it's one of the albums I listen to the most out of the whole uh, out of the of the whole uh, list here. So I had a lot of fun with this. Um, Matt, you also ranked this pretty high here. Any thoughts? Uh, this is one of my favorite albums of the year. Probably my second favorite black metal release. Um, this was in my personal top 10. Uh, this is another ad- uh, great addition to the Helvetic under from the Helvetic Underground Committee, uh, which is probably one of the only black circles um, that is like safe to talk about because they're actually not assholes. They're just a bunch of Swiss dudes who make great goddamn music. Um, the, uh, this is one of the side projects of Urgeist of his other project, Urgeist, uh, and Temple Wolf. And also it, um, is live. One of the three people sitting in the photo, um, it contains the drummer from Ungfell. Uh, he's also the druggle, uh, drummer of Dokma. And uh, that's uh, V. Knumpaklanak um, and Miser T, who uh, does keyboards and additional vocals on this album, is one of the other masterminds uh, behind Ungfell, um, Etigiar, um, and. I didn't know of- this was part of the Ungfell family. Yeah, so this is very much part of the Ungfell family. Um, there are a group of musicians from Switzerland who, who form this wonderful um, organization of artists called the Helvetic Underground Committee, the uh, best yes, black yes. circle on the planet. Um, and this is just another amazing addition. Um, I think it's worth mentioning moments like in Sluth uh, 2 Indir Gal Gevogel Gossam, for our Swiss listeners out there. Um, where there's like these chaotic, almost like horn moments um, that continue to exemplify how much you can do with medieval black metal. Uh, and this album takes the black metal of medieval black metal um, to a, the perfect degree. Yeah, very well said. Yep. Uh, any thoughts, Kyle? Yeah, um, so I also hit the nail on the head with this one at number 11. Um, I thought this album was great. Um, I thought it was a little bit more avant-garde than uh, medieval black metal um, in terms of especially the first song and how it's all laid out in terms of uh, production and uh, 
song structure. <clears throat> but it's very well composed. It, it's a very short album, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's like 28 minutes. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's borderline. It's, it's, here, it's, it's, it's 30 here for a good minutes. time, not a long time. Yeah, it, it does this thing. doesn't overstay its welcome. It's very uh, concise, I would say. Um, and it's just a very enjoyable listen. I highly recommend. Yeah. Yep. yep. Very much agreed. Nick? Uh, this ended up kind of low on my list. Um, it's really Yeah, number 21. Wow. Yeah, it's just not really my kind of black metal, to be honest. And don't get me wrong, I liked it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have too much to say on it because it's really just personal taste that it, it wasn't really clicking with me all that much. This is, this is a flavor um, one. Yeah, and like the flavor wasn't really sitting too well in my mouth. You know what I mean? Um, if <laughs> <Nice>. it was <laughs> a little more medieval, I think, and a little less chaotic and a little less avant-garde, I think I would have liked it more. Um, I am unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, a sucker for production, and I think my taste—I think my you like trad. That. I thought the production was just fine. Um, it's also got a baby crying on it, just like before Ash. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's really just not my vibe. Like they didn't do anything wrong, and uh, I'm not. I don't honestly have too much to criticize about them. It's just a, it's a flavor thing, you know. It's uh, not really for me. Well, I would, I, I would, uh, I, I would like to say Nick that it's okay because we all have poor opinions, <laughs> uh, and let's see. Actually, actually, Nick, I'm going to keep you up here ooh, for ooh. the moment. Uh oh, because of your because of the number ten album of the year is one you're quite familiar with. What can you tell me about a massive gun? <laughs> oh, let's go, yeah. man! I love Massive Gun. These two nerds are out of Columbus, Ohio, and they do a beautiful blend of deathcore and death metal. Yeah, it is, man. This this album or it's an ep sorry i'm cheating boys uh you're in and out in 13 minutes it's enough songs it is is just silly to the point of it just it's a ridiculous Yeah, the album artwork is just a giant gun yeah it's like well the band's called massive gun the album's called massive gun and the album's about massive guns Yes, they clearly took inspiration from Bad Company. And let me tell you, it's working. Because it is, you're in and out super quick. It's stupid chuggy. It's, the lyrics are just so silly. It's honestly like the power metal equivalent in the death metal, deathcore uh, hybrid that they've created here. Yeah. Just because it's just silly. It's cheesy. It's dumb. And like, they know exactly what it is. And I'm pretty sure on their band camp, uh... The banner is the meme of like the jacked white arm and the jacked black arm like embracing in a grip. Yeah, it is. Because that's that's just exactly what this band is. Like they know what they're doing and like they're leaning into it. And that's why I love this album. Because it's similar to uh, Faith Extractor. You're just stomping around, headbanging, and turning your brain off. And that's what I love about this album. Yeah, yeah. Massive Gun and Faith Extractor were like swapping positions for me almost. Um, Massive Gun, I was listening to it and I forgot that it wasn't my pick. I was like, yeah, this is my pick because yeah. I really liked it that much. This was this was such a fun EP to listen to. Uh, and they 
you know, they don't take the 13 minutes for granted, too. Like, each song has a clear individual identity. It doesn't feel like you're listening to the same 13-minute song. Um, and I just... I, I described it with, with their gritty vocals and, and the, the soundscape of their music was sort of like if Mayhem started doing entrance oh, music. Please. Kinda. Don't invoke kinda. the name of Mayhem. <laughs> talking about, like, talk, what, wait, if you're what? talking about a death grind band from Columbus, Ohio, and your connection yeah. is Mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You deserve your award for last year. I'm going to deserve it for this year, too. Yeah, you are. <laughs> this is nothing. This is more no, I'm like not, this I'm, is I'm closer saying... to Dark Throne. No, I'm, the, not the saying, I'm not saying that black the actual metal nerd in me is getting upset. I'm not saying that the music is like me. I'm not saying that. This I'm band saying has 88 that, monthly listeners on Spotify. Yeah, I fucking know they do, Matt. But I'm saying that their soundscape, like the sound font they're using, mm-hmm. with like with like the guitars they're u- using, that like thrashy not at sound. All okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad like using like like yes. hm2 like death metal sounding guitar tones is the antithesis to the foundations of the second wave of black metal okay well i guess i just don't know what i'm talking about but that's we'll move on damn true <laughs> all right well i don't have a deep backlog of this knowledge man I'm i've tried here. i've tried to teach you we're moving this, on this is some goddamn life metal i rated this one gun out of five which meant it got a three <laughs> <laughs> number nine on the list wait i, I didn't say kyle, anything hold, I, 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 hold, hold up kyle. i didn't say anything oh, kyle it's like you're not even around anymore kyle what the fuck ben I'm. I'm just gonna delete this. Ben is so ashamed. Thing. He's just trying Tense. to move on. You gotta wallow in it, Ben. Tell, tell, tell me I'm wrong about bathing it. Being like, Kyle, Kyle, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start a your section of this with with a question. Does this album make you feel like you're listening to early mayhem? No, that's not what I fucking said at all, Matt. That's not what I said. I'm denying okay. your reality and substituting my own. Shut the fuck up, Kyle. What do you think about <laughs> massive not what gun? I said. You're I wrong. thought I thought Massim Gun was good. It does what it wants to do: be stompy, be stupid, and leaves at an appropriate time. That's it, and I love it. If if the Sanguisugabog album was five to ten minutes shorter, um, it would be this, but better. But since this is only seventeen minutes long, it's perfect. Agreed. <laughs> so Ben, minutes. what's our what, what's the next pick? Kyle, I need you to stay on deck here. Okay. Because our number nine pick is Black Braid oh. with Black Braid 2. Alright, so this was my oblig- obligatory number one because I listened to this album the most last year. Um, so, Black Braid, quick synopsis, they're from the Andirondack Mountains of New York. Uh, it's a one-man project. He is an indigenous American. Makes great music. Great live. Met him once. Got two two signed uh, vinyls uh, from them, uh, and I for me it got boosted to my number one pick because of how nice they were and how great they were live. Um, Matt's like, 
Yeah, okay, no. Um, but anyways. Um, <laughs> not, not with the, them being great live part. That I agree with. Matt's angry now. Yeah, I, 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 I got I, angry, I'm, Matt. I'm mad, Matt. I had to sacrifice myself to get <laughs> mad, Matt. The, okay, <laughs> the fact that the majority of my list, like the majority of my real personal top ten are all still left except for Maforash and Fires in the Distance, I'm happy with. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sitting at three out of five. So I'm still sitting pretty. I'm yeah. sending you a lot better than Nick and Ben. So yeah, I, I'll uh, about Black I, You got one. What? Oh, because Kyle took some, didn't you? Yeah, because yeah, uh, the crossover. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple crossovers. rankings here. We're talking about Black Braid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. See, okay, the fact that we got distracted is exactly why this was my number fucking 18 album on this list. Black Braid is awesome. They play great live black metal. They are probably one of the better live black metal bands playing right now i watched them win a crowd over and then come back and play again and their first performance was so good people were in the crowd being like hey shut up watch this it's good um but their albums are boring they don't disagree do enough for me and i never feel like sitting down and listening to them though on shuffle they were great except for when like moss covered bones on an altar came on um which is a great song but when you're shuffling a list a 13 minute track like that kind of takes you out of the the fun that's completely understandable no one wants to sit down listen to a 13 minute track on shuffle (laughs) but i think the song unless it's power metal yeah Yeah, okay um but i think (laughs) like 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 if you listen to this this, the song consequentially with throughout the album it fits very well it's it does. very well it does it's well placed on album matt since i personally angered you yeah do i have permission to give my thoughts you on may Blackbird? you may speak after nick okay. so this album actually fell out of my top 10 um wow i really really like this album but similar to what matt and ben were describing the more i listen to it the more i'm like yeah you know I've kind of heard this like 15 times already and it's not a I want to keep coming back to this 15 times it's more of like a yeah yeah here we are I I just want him to do more and I honestly agree with you after listening to the album so much and I listen to this album a lot this year um can I can I add to that as well yeah sure I think he purposely did that so you can drop back into the next album that's probably going to release later uh, this year. I mean, I don't. I think that's a cop out answer. It is a bit even, of a cop out answer, but I think even, it, that was the purpose of it. I don't know. Even if that's the case, I don't think that's a good way to write an album. Because like, if you get bored with an album, why would I want to listen to your next album? But regardless of that, I like this album. I don't want to take. I don't want to give off the impression that I dislike the album. It's one of my favorite albums this year. Yeah, you're at number eight. Yeah, but I did start to get a little bored with it. And I am being so critical of it right now because I was so high on it earlier in the year. And that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with me with Black Braid 1 and Black Braid 2. I was like, I'm not going to be fooled again. Uh, and it's good. Um, it, it's it's good. You know, it, nothing that, that uh, Nick, you or Matt didn't say already. Um, I feel like live they'd probably be better. Oh, they're so um, good live. They're yeah, they're yeah. live. Yeah, so I'd love to see them live, but I'm not exactly on the edge of my seat for Black Braid Three. But it was fine, perfectly 
good album. They're also very nice people. I've met them twice. Yeah, they're <laughs> great guys. Like the whole band are fantastic, and boy, do they crush it live. Hey, if there's one thing I have learned from metal, it's that being a good person does not mean making good music. That's very it's true. Good that they make. It. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to number eight, Matt. Oh, this fuck. is yours. Svalbard. Wow! The oh my of god! The mask. Oh, this curtain wall still alive. Album. Yeah, um, Svalbard is a British post-hardcore blackened crust band. Um, and this is a follow-up to their functionally perfect album from last year. Um, not last year, from, from 2020, which was my 2020 album of the year, which is When I Die, Will I Get Better? And they're following up with Weight of the Mask, um, an album oozing with emotion, um, with defiance with a very visceral message i i I think one of the things that drew me to um svalbard last year was when i read a review and someone said this isn't this isn't an album or a band that you're going to enjoy but it's an album you're going to get through um and for me that was like very real over the last year since october um and this album was something that I kept coming back to over and over again, just to find some like expressive piece. Um, mm. It's really tremendous. I think they utilize their clean vocals more in this release. Um, and the black metal's a bit more dialed back than their last album, but they really, really put something beautiful together here that I think when you listen to it as a whole with the lyrics and with the message behind it is such a like heart-wrenchingly heavy album um that very few other bands i think are doing this aesthetic um super well this was my number three of the year so between Maforash and this these these two bands capture some of the biggest things that i love about heavy music in general um, and do them so beautifully well. And just like Maforash, Svalbard is able to blend softness and quiet moments without them feeling like gaps in the production. They feel very important and very full of context and message. You yeah, kind of like Mayhem, right? <laughs> Uh, Nick and and Kyle, you, you guys and I had, had very similar rankings for Svalbard. So (gasps) get us started here. What was, uh, what was this like for you? I really like this album. This is a really, really good album. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my favorite, I agree with everything Matt said, but I think my favorite part about this album is how warm they managed to make black metal. Yeah. Um, It, I can't think of another band that has made black metal this warm and have it still be like good like because when i listen to black metal a lot of the time yeah it's melodic and all that blah 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 but it's also cold man like really really cold but this has this nice like matt described softness to it a warmth to it even though a lot of the songs a lot of the lyrics are just heavy and blunt and frank it's i really appreciate it when artists are able to make 
music that sounds warm and inviting, but when you actually read the lyrics, it's like, oh. Not at all. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Cool, Kyle. So, I'm kind of, I'm also in agreement with Matt. Um, I ranked this at number 10. Um, it just Hell made yeah. my, yeah. No, this, this album fucks. Uh, I like how they're leaning more into the post-hardcore route over the black metal, um, considering how my background is uh, growing up was more into like the metalcore, post-hardcore, yeah. deathcore. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a nostalgia feeling right there. Um, lyrically speaking, I can kind of resonate it to a certain extent, which is kind of shocking. Um, <laughs> to, to Nick's point, it kind of lulls you in, and then when you start like being like, "Wow, the Amber, she's made Cherry's making some great fucking points," you're like, "Uh oh." Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to sit down for a minute. Yeah, no, um, but like, like song structurally, structurally speaking, it is it flows so well from song to song. Um, sometimes you don't f- you feel like you're like, oh, I'm still listening to song two, and you're like on song six. Um, yeah, yeah, you get rolled into the whole album. Yeah, it, it, it it's is almost a masterpiece in my opinion. Um, I like this album actually more than their last album. Um, but and the album artwork is phenomenal as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I think something that really ca- captures um, the intensity of this album is the is the closing line of uh, vocals, which is uh, goes grip my teeth when they've just been broken soldier on in the face of fear gnash my teeth when they've been broken when they've just been broken soldier on in the face of fear too much is all it takes to be here how much will it cost to persevere too much is all it takes to be here how much will it cost to persevere hmm beautiful yeah I think this is an easy album to overlook if you're just listening to the albums like one by one i had to listen to this one a second time to be like uh, oh mm-hmm. you know um i i can't say anything uh, better than what you guys already said but yeah this was a really cool album um and I'm, I'm glad you brought it to us matt this one also made me cry a bunch yeah i can see that <laughs> um the i i think the next album matt you would God also say made you cry because this album, it's not about a wall. Oh, no. <laughs> it's about a curtain wall. Yeah! With the album Siege Obsessed. Matt, did you expect that Curtain Wall would be number seven? <laughs> not at all! Top albums. I'm, 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 I'm glad I threw this in my, as my number one album of the year. Um... This... So so just so just um, so you're aware, okay. the rankings yeah. for this were ten, one, okay. nine, and twenty. Wow! Whoever put it at twenty, I'm kicking your ass. <laughs> no, you're uh, not. No, you're yeah, not. <laughs> don't you fucking question me? I'm going you, bitch. I'll, I'll break your shit with my own finger broken, Kyle. No, you uh, won't. I'll break your own finger again. That's what you. You didn't break my finger um, <laughs> this time. Someone else. Did. Um, this is one of the most interesting things to ever happen in black metal. And despite what Kyle's going to say that it's not black metal because there's not enough of it. He's wrong. Um, 
This is medieval black metal and raw, folky performance to a fucking T. Um, Abysmal Spectre, who is the uh, the genius behind Grimestone Records, the genius behind bands like Bloody Creek, Mosin, Old Nick, Siphoner, and Towergeist, um, just a genuine musical mastermind, uh, bringing you some of the most joyous, uh, uproariously gaudy medieval music with a black metal flavor to it and it's still black on a fuck you kyle um releasing without question the best black metal t-shirt of the last 10 years um some of the greatest album artwork well Celtivice had boxes on their head um they're in full fucking plate armor wearing it correctly mind you um in what looks like their backyard because you can kind of see a house behind them <laughs> Which is so fucking funny. Um, and I think why I love this album so, so much uh, is not only because it's so incredibly well performed, um, the dulcimer and the vocals on it are great, but like black metal doesn't need to be serious and it's a super goofy fucking genre, much like Mayhem this time. Um, they can't escape the fact that they're all a bunch of huge nerds, especially when they tell you that by not taking it seriously, you're not respecting the point of the genre. Um, you're fucking nerd. Um, and while I do love a lot of that black metal and at times do fall into that realm, like when people misrepresent black metal and death metal sounds, um, this is an album that's just having the greatest time of them all. Uh, it's got to be listened to with a, a, a lilt in your step and a, and a willingness to skip. Um, but if you are willing, goddamn, does this album give? Well, here, most of us like this, so we'll go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows here. Uh, Kyle, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. nothing's wrong with me. Um, I'm still not a fan of the production, even though the production. Album... It sounds great. The production. It, it, it's, uh, this is no, like, no. This stop. Is like ben, ben, new here. Ben, ben. Who, who, who taught you the word production between it's, like June yeah, and you're, now? You're as, you're as about as good about talking about production right now as Ben was about relating mayhem to death metal. <laughs> no, that that no, is, I, I, that is completely wrong. I was saying I had a point. I was it doesn't matter. Kyle, no, Kyle, no, Matt. Yeah, it still sounds like it's recorded on a 90s toy recorder. So fuck off. It um, was recorded in the field of a backyard in the 17th century, Kyle. That's why it sounds have awesome. Have you ever been to the fields of Athenry, Kyle? No, and I'd uh, rather not. Kyle, you guys you are a bunch of fucktards. Go to Marin County, California, <laughs> go to a Renaissance fair, and just listen to music all day, all right. and you'll get it. No. Um. So I s- still can't get over that. But it, the album did. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. Um, <laughs> um, the, but, but the album did grow on me a little bit. I, the, the vocals grew on me. Um, the, the, the lyrics are still great. I still can't get over that it sounds like it's recorded on a toy recorder. I, well, I need to play you some more raw black metal, Kyle, because this sounds great. I don't no, know what no, you're talking about. No, uh, I mean raw Nick, black metal. Nick, it sounds like it's recorded on that in an open field. I'm Nick not saying this sounds me. like... All right. <laughs> Save me. All right, well... All right, all right, all right, all right. This album has no right to be as good as that is. <laughs> Damn right! Uh, I I slept on this album for a good portion of the year, and then one day I just got it, and I realized how ridiculous it is 
how much fun it is. And it's just, it's good. I There's nothing that I can really say that Matt hasn't already said. But <laughs> it's, it's such a good time. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, the song, I think, Elephantry and the and wooden sword might be two of my mm. favorite songs on this album because they're just you i'll put it this way when making my top 10 list mm-hmm. there was a genuine thought that it might be my number 10 album damn because right. of the amount of cheese that they managed to pack in to medieval black metal the amount of cheese that I did not think was possible, but they managed mm-hmm. to do it, and I love them for it. Damn right. I need more whiskey. <laughs> ben, 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 while while Kyle drinks himself into a coma because of how wrong he is, the second most wrong person on the podcast today. Tell me what you thought about Curtain Wall. Redeem yourself, I... man. Oh, Curtain Wall is so fun. It's like the it's it's like the Danhausen of metal yeah. kind of where it's just it's just weird but the reason why it works is it's actually good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's very good. It's listenable. Like like it's more than listenable. Like you actively like I hear one of the curtain song curtain wall songs come up. I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is a bop." Um it's 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 just so weird and different in the fact that it is so weird and different, but it's still good. Like I, I, I kept listening to it, and you know I've listened to it because you mentioned it so much. I've listened to it probably like four or so times now, and every time I listen to it, I'm like, okay, this is the time where I'm gonna get tired of it, and I'm not because you know obviously there's only a certain number of bells and whistles you can stretch out of a concept like this but they use every single bell and every single whistle and every time you're like okay that's gotta be all there is they do something new and different and quirky i think it's far and away the most creative album of the year Mm -hmm. it's it's probably the most fun album of the year it's one of the most versatile albums of the year and the production is just fine and exactly what it (laughs) needs to be yeah it's very so, intentional. We're going to move on to our top six. But before we move on to our top six, um, I want us to get into our disappointments of the year, uh, which are albums that we really wanted to get into. And man, for one reason or another, it, it's just these were the albums from guys that we like or, or just albums that we were excited about that we just really couldn't get into. Um, and I'll get us started off just real quick. Autark, which was my personal album of the year two years ago uh, with Form in Motion, they released a new album, Emergent, which blends the sounds of their first album and then their Autark 3, their, uh, their reduced band album uh, from 2022. And man, I really hated this. I really hated this album because uh, I loved the industrial sounds of Form in Motion and how they took all this, all all this like mechanical uh, swath of just noise. I mean, you know, for Kyle, the production wouldn't have been good enough. But you know, I thought it was great. Um, 
And then, and then Emergent comes out this year and man, it just felt like a metal album. There was nothing, there was, there was nothing that really stood out to me. And I was told, I, I was reading reviews and it's supposed to be a direct follow-up to Form in Motion, but it just sounds nothing like it. The, the, the entire, it, it just, everything feels different. It feels like there's different people playing the song. So maybe it's just because I was disappointed. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, but they're clearly super talented. It's just for me, the album fell flat. Uh, Matt, what's your, uh, what, what's your disappointment of the year? Um, besides me. Well, that's consistent. And it's not you, Ben. Don't worry. You say you, 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 you had a lot of personal revelation this year. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, just a little, um, mine was actually Wayfair, um, with American Gothic. I, I heard oh, wow. so much about it. I like Wayfair. I knew it was coming out. <clears throat> I was pumped. Um, and it just really devastatingly bored me. Wow. Yeah, we get the real I was, truth now. I was just like, e, cool. It just didn't, yeah, it didn't do enough to make me excited. Um, and that's how I, by the end of the year, I was just like, all right, cool. And I, Autark also disappointed me because I almost ordered you an Autark shirt um, for your birthday. And then you you messaged me about how much you hated the album. And, and, then, I, was... and then I ran out of ideas. I was crushed. I was so crushed. Um, Nick, uh, while while Kyle's finishing up the bottle here, uh, what was your disappointment of the year? <laughs> My disappointment of the year was the debut of Angus McSix. Mm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Jesus McPower Randall. Yeah. All right. Know, give me give me the story here. You know, after Gosh. he got booted out of Glory Hammer for so Angus still... Six was the original lead singer of Glory Hammer, Ben. Yeah, he was the guy from the okay. foundation of the band who like made the main character, and due to creative differences that I don't think have been fully illuminated, that he left the band. Yeah, um, and there was a lot of hype um, mm-hmm. going into this album, and I think we were all pretty excited to see what he was mm-hmm. going to do because of the relatively undisclosed. Uh, creative differences um mm-hmm. wanted to see what's gonna and man this album fell so flat for me um mm. you know master of the universe and laser shooting dinosaur like they're fun and catchy but everything after that i'm like all right so now it's gonna pick up okay now it's good oh well we're still here oh okay um and in terms of like style the style of the power metal he's making it's really poppy and simple and more Beat based mm-hmm. than like band based, if that makes sense. Um, it, I it feel felt, like it felt like, artificial. Yeah, and I feel like pretty much every single song he was really just trying to create a catchy hit rather mm. than make an album. And I believe it's mm. also Master of the Universe where he kind of starts. He throws a couple jabs at Glory Hammer, mm-hmm. and uh, it's and uh, just, no one likes that. And I'm just yeah. kind of you know. If you're making an absolute 10 out of 10 banger album, do you? But if you're not, I don't know about that one, champ. Yeah. Kyle, what All was right. your uh, disappointment Kyle. of the year? All right. So before I get into my disappointment of the year, I want to add on to Nick's point of Angus Mystics. Um, the 
the uh, poppiness, I think, is that is the creative difference. Because if you notice with the uh, Glory Hammer album that we'll be discussing later, they kind of got rid of that. So, um, but my most disappointing album is same as Masses Wayfair. Um, like I said before, I like their older stuff. This new album just was boring. I I felt nothing. It's just boring, and I didn't like it. Well, I will continue to fly to fly the Wayfarer flag as we move on to number six, our sixth album of the year. Nick, talk to us about, incidentally enough, Glory Hammer Return to the Kingdom of Fife. Damn I it. couldn't have planned that better if I if I thought. What an album! Uh, Glory Hammer is a beautiful band that comes out of. Dundee, which is a <laughs> very uh, frequently spoken about uh, place within their albums. But this is Return to the Kingdom of Fife is at the same time the beginning of a new chapter and also the ending of the previous chapters of Glory Hammer. Um, this album takes a lot of what I think Universe, or I'm sorry, not Universe on Fire. Um, That's a good song. <clears throat> it is a very good song. What uh, Legends from Beyond the Galactic Terror Vortex does, and kind of just does it better. Um, this is also the first album which their new lead singer um, is on, and in my humble opinion, I think that his voice actually complements the band better than Thomas Winkler's voice did. Wow. Um, I'm not saying Shots that his voice fired. I'm not saying his voice is better, but I think in terms of the style of music that the band is. Playing, I think his voice complements them more. Mm. Um, I do think that, as much as I love this album, there are a couple weak points, such as um, Fife Eternal and the Brothers of Crail, um, where they do get a little samey, but everything else on the album has such energy and such silliness and fun that a lot of other power metal bands don't really capture. Um, that this was my number three album of the year. And I would also like to point out, it kind of clarify my statement a little bit about this kind of ending the previous chapters, in that the last, I want to say, minute and a half of their 12-minute epic at the end of the album, there's literally a line that says, everyone dies. Yeah. The timeline actually restarts. If you read the, the full breakdown of the band's timeline that they officially released, it actually just kind of like, it starts its own new timeline and kills the other one. Yes, more or less. They, they, they yeah. restart the timeline and then they're like, and we're also done with Dundee and Earth. Yeah, we're moving on. Yep. So yeah, I'm curious what you guys think. Kyle? Uh, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. You and Matt had virtually the same ranking for this. Yeah, so I ranked this at number nine. Nine. Uh, yep, so... I really like this album. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, great riffage. Good solos. Um, I don't think the voice matches up to the band as much as Nick thinks. Um, I think a little bit more flying vocals will help boost the album, uh, or the band itself. But it's a lot more of that power metal space over the pop, which I definitely do enjoy more. Um, and I like how the album wraps up a lot more than a lot of these other power metal albums where they bring back the uh 
the first song's chorus to mm-hmm. uh, just wrap everything up, which you don't really see a lot within uh, m- like metal in general. Metal, yeah, yeah it, that's more of a play thing that uh, like stage plays do, um, which I really did enjoy um, as a th- bit of a theater nerd myself. So that <laughs> that's I worked the flies, worked backstage. It was a lot of fun. Did a lot of shenanigans. Dude, the shenanigans. Trust me. Um, To kind of just quickly add to that point, if I could. um, I think this album is also their their most well-written album in terms of the story that they're telling. I think this album has the most coherent story, where a lot of their other albums are a little more jumbled and bounce around a bit. This one, I think you could follow much more clearly. Yeah, um, especially with the first two albums, where it it kind of just jumps. Where this is more of like a streamline uh, mm-hmm. album, which I agree with. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Um, this one grew on me a lot. When it first was released, I was really kind of super underwhelmed by it. Um, but as I listened to it more and more this whole year, I kind of fall in between Nick and Kyle where the vocals grew on me in their overall texture and connection to the music that Glory Hammer plays. Um but still they don't they don't have the gravitas um that winkles vocal did or like two other power metal vocalists on this playlist um do though i i think when it comes to overall album composition um this one did a really good job of presenting itself very cleanly especially given the change up in the presentation yeah, I had this ranked the lowest out of us, uh, but I thought I because I thought the the actual music was good, uh, but I wasn't a fan of the vocals. Oh, okay. Um, it just didn't hit for me as as well as some of the other uh, mm-hmm. power metal bands on here. Uh, but musically, I thought it was one of the best power metal albums mm-hmm. of the list. So, um, so yeah, I enjoyed it at least a bit. Um. The next item on this list, though, is an album that I enjoyed much more. In fact, I enjoyed it so much that it was my album of the year. And Matt, it was your number five album of the year. It is Ulther. Yeah! The album Heliomicon. This lines up perfectly with where I had it ranked. That's right. Um, Ulther is... You know, I talked about there's several of these albums I've listened to multiple times and either they faded away or I got interested in them a bit more. But Ulther's the one album where not only do I want to keep listening to it, and I do, but I, I'm like constantly searching within the music itself, mm-hmm. like for more. It feels like a scavenger hunt. Um, you know, I was reading an interview uh, with the band and they were talking about how when they put together Helionomicon they and they Anthronomicon u- and well no they were speaking specifically okay. about Helionomicon um, this was like their fun album so they released Anthronomicon in 2023 which was more of a traditional eight song album and then Helionomicon is a two song album where each song is about 20 or so minutes uh, and when I listen to it, it feels like a descent into hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like Dante's Inferno in music form. And 
reading this interview, they talk about how they incorporate a lot of math into the structure yep. of the the music, and you can hear that in the song. As you, uh, you know, Matt, we've been talking offline a bit about the book House of Leaves. Mm, yes. Um, and and there is a very specific section. I know you know it, but it's hard to describe. Where it feels like you're going through hell. Yeah. Um, you're you're breaking and, alongside the lead, the main character. Yes, and in Helionomicon, you get that same feeling where all of a sudden the the walls of this album that you're listening to it feels like they break away and there's this sort of mystical far out there unknown um and it's just for me this was the most special album of the year just because it felt so transformative and it felt like it was doing so much um, and every time I listen to it, I just there's just more layers and there's more depth, and and every single thing I, I hear from it really builds onto this feeling of like utter despair and loneliness um, and and futility. Um, I think this is a really really special album matt uh give me your thoughts here i mean i i fully i fully agree with everything you just said i mean for a band that's named after a uh lovecraftian horror setting and who doesn't necessarily want to be associated with lovecraftian horror despite using the themes and colors of it the way they make their music and write their compositions are some of the most dreadful cosmic horror feeling um things done in music today genuinely like the craftsmanship and the production and the progressiveness and interestingness of the guitars and the writing on this album are bar none on this list um just and and utterly also ca- and, and the and fact that they released a double album like you can tell how much fun they had between these two tracks and for two 20-minute tracks, they both feel completely unique from one another. Like, there's no... Yeah. There's the crossover. Like, you can tell they're part of the same overall release. But they feel so personally unique. And what's super cool is that they made these albums apart from each other mm-hmm. during COVID. You know, they were yeah. in... Uh, it says here, the Bay Area, Portland, and Washington, D.C. So this was a cross-country effort. And they still did such a crazy, amazing job. Uh, Nick and Kyle, you guys had this ranked lower. I'll start with Kyle. What do you think about Helionomicon? Um, I really enjoyed this album. Um, I thought it was just a tad too chaotic. Um, but obviously that was done intentionally. It's just based on personal tastes. Um, I like, you know, the crafting themes. Um, that's their thing. Um, but... Um, I felt like instead of it having it into two 20-minute songs, it could have been split up to probably like Did you d- ever listen to Anthronomicon? Yes, I did. And? My sentiment's the same, that they could split it up into probably eight songs per album. No, so I'm saying about the eight-song album. The song that is the album they released in conjunction with this one that is actually eight separate tracks. Oh, no, no. I thought it was okay. still two separate tracks. Um, but they could have made um, these songs into separate tracks, um, which is still a bit of a qualm for me. Um, because, like, it's like, why make two 20-minute songs when, like, 
Every they five minutes. Because they every, did both, Kyle. Because they but, made yeah, they made what, a forty minute album, is. but literally like Anthonomicon with a bunch of five and four minute songs, and then decided to have fun. But still, like every four, like five to six minutes, it could have been a separate song. Um, that's, that. that's what Anthonomicon. <laughs> that's why you have Helionomicon, the album, not the song, it, and the song. But still, and, 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 and Anthonomicon, well, not the song, the but, album. But but it's like but if, if I want to jump in at a certain point, like I have to jump in like. At a random time where I can, but if it's split up to like separate tracks, I could have jumped in right where I left off, and that's my qualm. Ulthers, that's your uh, fault. There's actually theirs. there's actually an answer for this, Kyle. Ulthers guitarist and vocalist Shelby Lermo says, "quote The way I sort of envision it, here's this more easily digestible album being Anthronomicon. If you can get through that and make sense of that, try this fucking thing on for size." So, so they they understand. They just choose to dismiss your opinion. Yeah, and that's my call. Yep, fair enough, Nick. Yeah, I kind of echo Kyle's sentiments a bit. Um, I enjoyed Anthronomicon more than this one, um, mostly because I think it has the Bellwitch problem of it's just like it's hard to jump into, and like it's mm. it's just a commitment, you know to really enjoy it um i did find some of the parts a little too chaotic like kyle said for my personal taste there were little proggy moments that i wasn't or uh, tech deathy moments that i wasn't super fond of um but that doesn't mean i dislike the album okay. um i i did enjoy the album but it's not something where i'm itching to go back to and I think most of that is just the time commitment required to truly appreciate what they're doing Nick are you telling us that you're afraid of commitment I'm afraid of committing to this album fair enough nice redirection didn't answer the question but assessed (laughs) the actual point at hand if, if you out there also enjoyed this and Anthronomicon and uh, want something to tickle your fancy, look up the new Thanafaxis album. Um, you'll find it somewhere else on the internet. It's very dissonant, very similar, but more sad. We've made it to our number four album of the year. And this is and this is Kyle's. But I have to say, Kyle, after listening to this album, it broke into my top five. I liked it so much. So what can you tell me about Valdrin with the ah! album Throne of the Lunar Soul? I'm so happy I fucking sent this to you guys. Uh, no, I thought I posted this. Uh, nope. and Really? Yeah. Well, rega- regardless. This ladies, al- ladies. <laughs> God, we can kiss about it later, Kyle. Okay, we'll, we'll kiss about it on Saturday. Um, so anyways, I fucking love this album, first and foremost. Um, these... This is a five-piece, if I'm not mistaken, out of, again, Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, so, Woo! yeah, um, the whole thing is like dark fantasy. Uh, the album artwork is phenomenal. Um, and the way the album kicks off is a bit of a slow burner, then it just picks up. It's just epic black metal. What's not to love? I highly recommend listening to this album. It's It just fucks. Like... I, it's hard to explain. It, it's just it's fucks. One of, it's one of those albums that's as, that lives up to its album artwork. 
Um, this is this and same with Valdrin's uh, last album, Effigy of Nightmare, has just like very dense, very detailed artwork, and the album sounds exactly how it looks: epic, powerful fantasy world that is like beyond our reality, but is still conceivable. It's just so clean. I mean, this ended up pretty low on. on it, it came into my number fourteen in comparison to some of these other albums. Uh, um, but I think this is one where, similar to how, how Nick said with some of their ones, it deserves more time. I think given more time, like by the end of the, by the end of this year, 2024, this will be even higher in my favorite albums of 2023. Uh, Nick, you ranked this the lowest at number 16. What do you think of this album? Yeah, so funnily enough, I was actually listening to this album on my way home today, and I realized I kind of messed up <laughs> where I put it, where I placed this album. Um, but with that being said, uh, on my list that I submitted, this album kind of represents the turning point from threes to fours out of fives. Um, I really, really like this album, and I, in hindsight, I think I would have placed it a couple notches higher. Um, I really just echo exactly what Matt and Kyle said about this album. Um, the artwork is probably one of my favorites, and unlike some albums out there, the artwork mm. I think also accurately reflects what the album is. Ooh! Um, not trying to throw any shade at anyone in particular here, but I think that this Kyle. album. Re- <laughs> What? This album is what? a wonderful, wonderful dark fantasy black metal album that I'm definitely going to be revisiting in, uh, this year. I am surprised that it made it this high, um, but it, yeah, really a great piece of music and a, and a very late release in the year. I So I listened to this through once and I was like, this is good. And on my second listen, I really listened, listened, and, and I just kept peeling back layers of the music, and I got, oh, they're doing a little, they're doing like a little trilly thing here, and oh, they have this weird melody in the background, and it's, I, I ended up describing it as a Metroidvania of melody. It feels like if someone applied a, like a, like a metal soundtrack to a Castlevania game. It's so fucking cool, guys. Yep. This is such a cool album. This is like my cool album of the year. It's so awesome. In just every mm-hmm. song, it just gets cooler. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's I, like I don't even have the right words for it. It's like I want to listen to this while while playing video games or what it just makes everything more exciting and more interesting and like i feel like i can listen to this 10 times over and i'll still be discovering new things about it it's just a really really great album and everything it does is just excellent like really really cool um uh really cool album i love Aldrin. this ended up being number three for me wow that Uh, definitely pulled it up the list yeah, yep. yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I ranked it above like half of my list just because it impressed me that much. So, hell yeah for Valdrin. Now, 
Before we get to our top three, guys, we have one more bonus set of awards to give out. Ooh. It is our first annual Potpourri Awards of the Year, where we give awards to a random album. But the rule is we each create our own album award. And so I will start with the epilogue EP to an album I completely missed the point of a year ago of the year award. And it goes to gold with the EP PTSD. What a name. Yeah, this is this is the follow-up to this Shame Shall Not Be Mine from 2022. This is a much more angry, vengeful sort of taking the power back of ep it feels like mm-hmm. compared to uh the the pain from the 2022 album and listening to the 2022 album and then this one makes it even better uh because it's really uh it feels really empowering compared to the sense of loss and hopelessness from the 2022 uh release so i just thought it was Really cool to listen to, and I know we hadn't really talked about this much or pointed it out, so I just want to give it a shout-out because it was a pretty unique experience compared to a lot of the other albums we listened to. Um, All right, let's go. Nick, what you got for us? Cool. So I created the award, Combining Genres That Shouldn't Work Award. Mm. And I want to shout out the album Forever by Abstract Void because these guys somehow managed to combine atmospheric black metal vocals with synthwave. This should absolutely not work. (laughs) And it does. It should not work. It's a really good time. And I was very pleasantly surprised when I found it. Um, It was on my uh, top 10 contenders list. It did not make my top 10 because I think Mm -hmm. there are better albums out there. But this is the most unique album that frequented my uh, playlists or my shuffles uh, this year. And yeah, it shouldn't work, but it, it does definitely give it a try. If you haven't, I want to, I want to uh, join in on, on, on Nick's award and give my award for that one, uh, which is scowls uh, psychic dance routine, which is hardcore mixed with like pop punk and like indie punk pop. And shouldn't work. It, but it, but somehow sounds it little, does. Sounds a little bit to me like a KFC Murder Chicks. No, not at all. It's actually good. <laughs> it was a good album. KFC MC uh... sucks. They they scowl scowl ran while laughing at KFC MCs tripping over their feet. Man, next album release they have. We're all listening to it. Kyle, <laughs> it's gonna be my number. What one is your year. potpourri album of the year? Yeah, mine is for the most fun album artwork of the year. Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, the award goes to Bongnator for okay. Intergalactic <laughs> Gore Pot of Death Pot. Yeah. <laughs> that album artwork is so much fun. The amount of detail and stupidity in that album artwork is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend looking it up. Um, by the way, those these guys are just a bunch of like late teens, early 20s people. Very new. Uh, going on their first tour, I think, in the next like, month or two. Oh, so, congrats to, yeah, so, congrats to those guys. Well, very cool. Um, for for me, uh, the the album I have I, I brought here for a Potpourri Award would have fit in under Kyle's classification because it does have one of the 
best album artworks of the year. But for me, this award goes to the man you committed really hard to your idea. Um, not only did <laughs> that's not the full name, full name of the award parentheses so far that there's a video game based around the theme of your album. Um, that is pizza deaths reign of the antichrist. Um, an <laughs> album that is about pizza and about a giant piece of pizza being summoned, uh, from hell to destroy the planet. Um, tasty. You open with a song, pepperoni babies. You, then you get into consumed by mushrooms, napalm cheese. Putin hates gluten-free pizza bases. Uh, reclaim the hut. Tsunami of salami. Gnarly salami. Pasta Muppets. Psilocybin pizza murder suicide. Eat alive by zombie olive. Slice two pieces. Uh, and there's 20 songs. I'm not really listening to all of them, but it ends with one of the biggest bangers of the year. Coming in in a minute and 18 seconds. Uh, pizza death row. Um, no band has done such a good job committing to their theme. There's even a pizza death video game. It's only got six reviews, so I think we're going to have to play it. That sounds amazing. There's a pizza death video game? Yeah, they have what a... What type of game is it? It It is a 8-bit top-down twin-stick shooter. Oh, that could actually be good. Let me Let me read the description for you, all right? Uh, grab a slice of this fast-paced pixel art top-down shooter, Pizza Death, made by members of the Australian thrash band Pizza Death. The main soundtrack is an NES chiptune cover version of their entire debut album. This actually looks really fun. So, not only should you listen to Pizza Death, uh, you should go and play the Pizza Death game by Slice Mouth uh, Studios. It's only $3, guys. Yeah, we're all playing Pizza Death. If you're out there, if we're you're if you're Pizza one Death. of the four people that occasionally listen to this podcast, you get out there and you play some goddamn Pizza Death. We're going to be reviews 7, 8, 9, and 10, I tell you. Damn right. All right, it's time to move on to our top three albums of the year. Oh, this is going to be contentious. It's going to be... Eh, not really, actually. Um, so, Valdrin, the average score was 8.75. This The number three is an 8.5, and number two is 8.25. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, what's going to take it? I, I see the three things that are left. And I really want one to beat the other one. And then the, 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 the third option, I'm happy if it wins. Well, let me ask Kyle. Oh, thank God. Yes! Kyle? Mm-hmm. Could you ask Matt no! what he thinks about <laughs> Sacred Outcry with the album Tower of Gold? God, so, fuck you, Kyle. This is <laughs> the best power metal album of the year. These Greek masterminds managed to take the epic, fluid, and heavy sound of traditional heavy metal and blend it into one of the most epic palettes of dark, moody power metal you can get. It's it's like Camelot meets uh, Candlemas meets Black Sabbath. 
meets um, Wheel, which was my album of the uh, my my number two album of the year a few years ago. Um, what a tremendous release, dropping very late in the year. Um, well, late to me. It came out in May. I didn't hear about it until like November. Um, but no power metal album managed to land with me as hard as this one. Um, this outside of curtain wall is actually probably my most listened to album of the year. Um, there's just so much here. There is, there's so much depth and emotion. And when we talk about the other power metal album that's left, there's a very specific criticism I have, um, that isn't present here. Um, and the vocals are just so believable. They feel very grounded, but very, very powerful. Such a tremendously orchestrated and performed band. Um, and a, a, a return to, to power. You know, they released their first album, uh, well, their first release in 99, and Dean ended up re- releasing their first uh, full length until 2020, uh, which is a re-release of their 20, 2003 demo. And this is really their only their second album ever. Such a tremendous piece of music. All right. So to add to that, uh, these Greek boys just put on a masterpiece with this album. Um, these Greek boys know how to put on a great performance on an album. Um, so like it's very epic. Great guitar work. I would say arguably it has better guitar work than the le- next album, but Ooh. I prefer. But I prefer the next album. Just saying. Um, I still rated this very high, if I'm not mistaken. I rated this at number eight. So very, very close to the uh, the average. Mm-hmm. So, but. Well, um, but. I would like to. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. But I think it could have been a little bit more epic. Wow. So I, don't, I, I would like to jump in before Ben ships all over this album. Oh. Guys, we ranked it all within the same, like, I ranked it a 12, Kyle ranked it an 8, and you ranked it a 10. We were all virtually I I ranked it at 4, thank you very much. That's great, Matt. So this is a really good power battle album, um, in case y'all haven't picked up on this yet. Um, (laughs) That being said, um... This album never quite clicked with me this way that the other power metal albums on this list did. Um, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it until Kyle mentioned epicness. And I don't know if epicness is necessarily the right word. I think maybe bombastic might be a better word. Mm-hmm. Because it's hmm. much more subdued than a lot of the other power metal uh, albums on this list. Um, it's much more reined in. But I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, is what appeals to you about yeah. it. Because you kind of mentioned how grounded and realistic it sounds. And yeah, the, the Matt, epicness feels like not pure fantasy, but... Sure. Yeah, grounded. And while I, yeah, and while I'm not opposed to that, I think, you know, my personal love for power metal kind of comes in the absurdity of it. Mm. The overly grandiose, over-the-top, overly epic sounds that are, I guess, iconic to the genre, mm-hmm. which this album doesn't really have. But again, this is a very, very good album, but it didn't quite click. I, I agree that. with 
uh, Nick and Kyle, actually. Pretty, pretty strangely, actually. Uh, I like this album a lot. I liked overall that it was slower paced. I liked that it gave me more time to enjoy like the instrumentation. I liked the vocalist. Um, uh, I, I, I thought it all stood out in positive ways. Uh, but as much as I generally have a distaste for power metal, I sort of the point of power metal is kind of to have that sense of grandioseness. And so I feel like they just went like 15% too far back. Mm. Like I, 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 I think that, I think that this is really close to far and away the best power metal album of the year. Um, but it, it just didn't quite hit that groove for me, but I think it was really fun to listen to. And I liked that it was something different, uh, from what we normally listen to with power metal. So still big thumbs up. And, uh, that moves us on to our top two, oh. our top two albums of the year. Um, and if I'm in, if I'm wrong, I believe both Nick and Kyle had these in their top five. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with Kyle. Okay. Because uh, these were technically both on, on your list, so you haven't had as much to talk about here. So I <laughs> want you to talk to me about the number two album of the year moonlight sorcery the horned lord of the thorned castle i'm actually shocked this hit number two i thought this yeah. was going to hit number one um i did too so um to be completely fair our our, our overall rankings for this were 14 3 11 and 5 well, yeah this is really an aggregate victory yeah um these I, are all aggregate picks this one this one most of all yeah this was my number three album of the year uh just flat out um i really enjoy this album um it is a lot cleaner than their ep um which i have mixed feelings about um so we talked about these guys last year they're from finland being more finnish black metal they like their black metal over there and their death metal but anyways um this this EP is a lot more clean, uh, but they added more of a bombastic uh, sound to this album compared to their EPs mm-hmm. that they released last year, um, which I actually do enjoy. Um, but when it comes with that cleanliness, um, I think they were able to expand on their solos uh, a little bit more in the album and obviously make their lyrics a little bit more ri- uh, ridiculous, which I do enjoy. Um, overall, I think... I just enjoy this album. Uh, I put this on repeat quite a lot too, along with Valdrin and uh, fucking Blackbraid. Um, it's it's just a great album just to sit down and listen to, and just like I just want to have a fun time. <laughs> just to be quiet, uh, that's just me. But uh, just want to have like these crazy, uh, you know, synths uh, get more of that symphonic feel to it. Uh, that mo- uh, the crazy guitar work uh, and the absolute screeching beautiful vocals 
that they lay out. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Nick, what'd you think? I don't care what anybody says. This is black and power metal. This this album quite literally combines my two favorite genres together in a way that no other band has done yet. Um, I believe that their initial EP was on my uh, list for 2022. It was. And yeah, we all love piercing through the frozen eternity. That yes, that EP immediately made me fall in love with these guys. I was a little worried with their follow-up EPs, Mm -hmm. but. After this was released, they got me back. Yeah. Um, this was number five on my overall list. And, I mean, I echo basically all Kyle's sentiments. This album is so much fun. It is a just a over-the-top, shred-filled, with a nice de- uh, sprinkling of atmosphere on top of it, power metal album disguised as black metal. I, yeah, it's more, it's almost more of a power metal album than a black metal album. It really is. Despite the vocals and textures being blackened, the instrumentation and and I think purpose is very power driven. A hundred percent. And especially if you look at like the, even just the names of the songs, like the Mm -hmm. secret of streaming blood, the moonlight dance of the twisted jester's blood soaked rituals. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's edgy and black metal. Into the silvery shadow of night. Yeah, exactly. It's, this is power metal that's disguising itself as black metal. And I love it so much. Yeah. I I wish I had ranked this higher to shift the number, the, the album that's going to win album of the year (laughs) down. Um, (laughs) but my, 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 shit, my only reason that I didn't love this album as much as I think I could have, or as much as I loved piercing through the frozen eternity is that I just didn't go back to it as frequently when I wanted fun and like bombasticness. I went to other albums this year. And while this one was never, I would never skip a track off this one. Cause it is just great power metal. I was also never consistently drawn to it, you know, over other releases. Um, Cause I think there was times when I, when I wanted to listen to power metal, I just listened to sacred outcry or the album of the year. And when I wanted to listen to really good black metal, I just listened to Maforash or like Valdron. Um, and when I wanted pure goofiness, I listened to curtain wall. So there was like in a year where there was enough other musicians doing what I was looking for. Um, it feels like, um, like moonlight sorcery just kind of came in at the wrong time. Yeah, I thought this was super fun. I described it as fun and plucky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's just a good time. Um, I just didn't like it as much as uh, our number one. So, Wow, uh, really? I, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was good, but I just tuned out more than I did with mm. other albums. You know, it, it's just not quite my thing. Um, with that said... We have one album left, guys. Ooh. The following album is our album of the year. And not only is it our album of the year, but it is the only album in this whole list that we all ranked within the top 10. That is true. The average of our number two was eight and a quarter. The average of our number one is a six. Wow. Our number one album of the year 
which was number five on Kyle's list, and it was number one on Nick the Taste Maker's list. Twilight Force Woo! with the album At the Heart of Wintervale. I want to hear about this. What an album. So, mm-hmm. Twilight Force is a beautiful Swedish band from a place that I'm not going to try to pronounce. Yep. Good, um, good decision. And they <laughs> uh, self-describe as adventure metal. Yes. This is their fourth uh, full-length release. Um, and, God, it is such an incredible power metal album. Um I think adventure metal is kind of the perfect way to describe what this is. Like, if you think of playing Dungeons and Dragons and, like, kind of the world of Dungeons and Dragons, this is kind of the vibe that it is. Um, Good you know, Dungeons going and Dragons, on, that is. Yes. Uh, going on quests, dragons flying through the sky, slaying demons, rescuing town, right? It's just. It's. No other band in power metal is making power metal quite like this right now mm. um and this album i think is a really really big return to form um their last release dawn of the dragon star in 2019 while it wasn't bad no. it's definitely my least favorite release by them and they leaned more into the symphonic sound side of their sound and less away from the power um their first two releases tales of ancient prophecies and heroes of might and magic mm is just so full of energy, particularly their debut album. It just goes, 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 goes. And Heroes of Mighty Magic kind of refined that sound a bit. But when they got to Dawn of the Dragon Star, I feel like they kind of lost a bit of a pep in their step. Where At the Heart of Wintervale, I think, kind of captures the more symphonic, grandiose vibes that they were trying to do in Dawn of the Dragon Star, mm-hmm. but pump it full of energy that they had in Tales of Ancient Prophecies and Heroes of Mighty Magic. Well, I th- and I think... I, I was going to say, I think what you're hearing is Allion, their new vocalist, finally being fully comfortable. Um, yes. Like, taking up uh, Tommy Jornson's reins, you know, from the from the very first releases and from Krillion, however the hell you say his name, the original, original vocalist. Like, it's hard to follow up that with this, but he manages to do it so well, finally. Yes. Um, and I think you kind of hear that I, I mean, I think you hear the true return to form with the um, leading track, uh, Twilight Force, um, mm-hmm. because I think it's probably the most energetic song on the album. But I think you do hear the blend of the symphonic sound that they were going for and the energy of the first couple of albums the most in their songs, um, Sky Knights of um, Aldria mm-hmm. and The Last Crystal Bear. They're two epics on this album. They're both very grandiose, telling these really interesting stories, but they have energy to them, which was just so desperately missing on their last album. Um, and they, this album has truly just reignited my love and adoration for this band. Um, not that I ever stopped liking them, but they had it me It affirmed worried. your love. Yes, they had me a little worried. I was a little shaky there for a second with their last album. But this album, I think, just captures everything that they want to do perfectly. And I am so excited to see where their next album takes them. Kyle, where does this... uh, uh, Talk to us about uh, this album. Yeah, so I share a lot of the same sentiments as Nick. Um, 
this is more of them coming to form with the new vocalist over their last album, uh, especially with that dramatic shift in vocal styles. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I think with the, at the heart of Wintervale, it blends a lot better than with Dawn of the Dragon Star, even though I love both albums. Um, so, but uh, I think this is a little more grandiose. Um, I know Matt's going to talk about this portion um, that's going to sound Christmassy. I'm perfectly God fine with dear. that, um, just because it's a winter-based album that came out. It, that pa- came out pa- in Passenger the middle of fuck. Released an album about winter, and it don't sound like Christmas. Well, just this... because there's bells doesn't mean no. It sounds it's like songs Christmas. like Highlands of the Elder Dragon have the same issue that I had with um fellowship where there are portions of the epic orchestration that sound like they're directly lifted out of like either trans-siberian orchestra or of like your general christmas music and it's not because it's inherently christmas music that it feels so aggravating to me it's because a band like twilight force which was it is in my top 10 and i hold at a very high esteem as one of the best uh, power metal bands of the modern age they're like it's them and power paladin and glory hammer and sacred outcry make up the top power line when it comes to following the lineage of rhapsody but it's those small moments that on like my fifth sixth seventh and eighth listen to this album just kind of like made me twitch a little bit and every time it moved slightly lower down my power rankings and how much i truly loved it well, regardless of your sentiment, still good. Which I, which I kind of get. I'm still very excited to see him in three weeks. Yeah, I mean, fuck. I oh, mean, yeah. who's not excited? Also, Man, like I was joking, Sunlight I'm Night. Cry at that show. I I'm I'm gonna cry, but not out of my face. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. He's gonna cry out of his well, dick. Let me say, oh. <laughs> I have been a massive opponent of power metal yeah since viciously (laughs) yeah viciously twilight force at the heart of wintervale is the album that finally finally made me understand Mm. power metal let's go yeah and the thing and the thing that did it the thing that did it was the Christmas sound. God damn, go fuck <laughs> Because I was listening to it, and I was like, well, this is kind of stupid. It doesn't feel like an album. It sort of feels like a Danny Elfman score. Yeah, but And then so I thought cooler. to myself, and then I thought to myself, well, what if I listen to this album as if it's the Danny Elfman score for like a D movie. Yeah. And I listened to it that way and it was awesome. Hell yeah. It's it's fun, it's lighthearted, it's kind of silly and stupid, but like it's really it it's got it's got great production value. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. Um but I mean it was just it was just really cool and and like i i could imagine putting this up against you know actual theatrical scores mm-hmm. and like 
it was interesting and engaging and I didn't mind that the lyrics were silly because the music that went with it was it was like the same in universe silly which brings me back to ascension <laughs> from the beginning of this roundup where I was listening to it after I listened to Twilight Force. I'm like, no, this is what I don't like with power metal Mm -hmm. because it doesn't feel to me like the lyrics in the music are matching. Mm. One feels more serious than the other, but Twilight Force feels like, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out last year. Like it feels like that but as an album and I'm there for that. Like it's fun and kind of stupid, but like, damn it. If you got an hour on the weekend, you got nothing to do. Just put on twilight force and it's really, really high quality. And it just feels fully thought out and fully fleshed out. Um, and it's just, it, it feels the whole feels so much greater than the sum of its parts. And I felt myself being transported to this other world when I was listening to it. And that's something I've not been able to experience with other power metal. And that's why I think this stands head and shoulders above the I, other power metal albums. I, I do on have this list. one very important question for you about the album, Ben. How did you feel? It does not remind me of Mayhem. (laughs) All right. I have two very important questions about this album. (laughs) What did you think about the beach interlude in Sunlight Night? Mm. Yeah, I'm fine with that. It's the best part of the album. It's, it's, it kept that moment kept this in my top 10 so many times. Dude, I hated it so much the first time. Yeah. I I will. At the mid year roundup, you were not pleased. No, but it grew on me so much. Yeah. Yeah, if you think if you think of this as like a complete beginning, middle and end like like symphonic score, this is a really really awesome album. And mm-hmm. it took me until listening cuz if you look back to the mid-year roundup, I was not saying this about No, you like, were yeah, not a fan yeah, of this album. Um can But it it t- but it finally Finally, at the eleventh hour, clicked. it clicked. Can yes. I can I add something about that, uh, like the beach vibe portion? Yeah, yeah. Think of it as like like the break in the adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, it's yeah. the little it's the little mm-hmm. moment before the epic end. Exactly, that's the best way to put it. Is that yeah. that break before you get to the final boss? And I think really to your point, Ben, like if you go into this album viewing it as a goofy D&D adventure, mm-hmm. you just can't go wrong because that's just yeah. what this band encapsulates. Yeah. And I, that's I what really they've, they've done kinda, from the beginning. Yeah. And I, I hope you kind of take an opportunity to go back and listen to some of their previous albums. Yeah. Big ben, time. Particularly um, their first two, because I think you'll have a new appreciation for them. Yeah, I, I think I will, too. I think I will, too. But. That almost brings us to the end of today's episode. So before we find out who is the tastemaker of 2023, we will go through the rundown of the top 23 albums of 2023. Saved by Reverend Kristen Michael Hader. American Gothic by Wayfarer. Air Not Made for Us by Fires in the Distance. Under the Veil of Madness by Ascension. From Western Shores, Gatekeeper. Legacy by Non Es Deus. 
Maseroth by Soto Misery, Astral Corridors by Gone Mage, Contempt for a Failed Dimension, Faith Extractor, Three by Volg, Time Held Me Gray and Dying by Offness, Crystal Ah by Meferesh, Blut Milk und Tränen by Kvelgeist, Massive Gun by Massive Gun, Black Braid 2 by Black Braid, The Weight of the Mask by Svalbard, Siege Obsessed by Curtain Wall, Return to the Kingdom of Fife by Glory Hammer, Helionomicon by Ulther, Throne of the Lunar Soul by Valdrin, Tower of Gold by Sacred Outcry, Horned Lord of the Thorned Castle by Moonlight Sorcery, and number one at the heart of Wintervale by Twilight Force. Woo! Woo! We did it! What a list. And so now, the biggest nail-biter of them all. Who is the tastemaker of 2023? The lowest ranking participant. Yep was the internet aggregated albums of the year. Those three had a combined average of 17.3. Second from the bottom. And the official poopy poopy McPoopy pants of 2023 is... Me. Oh, yeah. I was uh, real with, worried there. With <laughs> with an average of 15.3, which compared to last year, uh I did worse. Last yeah, year did. I averaged 14.2. So, that's progress. Yeah, you're growing. Next uh, <laughs> If it was points, I'd be winning. Hey, N- number 3 is the 2022 tastemaker, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Last year, Nick, your average was a 6.8, and this year it was a 10.5. Mm-hmm. Attention and uh, Gatekeeper really brought me down this year. The number two of the year is... Yeah, bring it on. And when I say this, number one, bite your tongue until it's your turn. Mm-hmm. The number two... With an average of seven is Matt. Yay! I accept this. I know the my influence Matt, is curation, not not in having the best taste. Matt, you are very consistent. Last year you averaged a seven point eight. Yeah. I'm consistent hmm. if nothing else. But our number one, the tastemaker of twenty twenty three, last year he had an average of 11.2 and this year he runs away with the competition with an average of six it's kyle let's go 23 tastemaker let's go let's go let's go clap you know what do you want to know what your prize is for winning tastemaker kyle nothing no you do have a prize Oh, you are being cordially invited to come back on the podcast for <gasps> not only an album review of your choice, but oh. much more importantly, to to finally answer a gauntlet that was dropped by our dear, dear co-host, Monty, Fucking for Monty. you to take the modern challenge of around the world in 20 questions, Kyle. 
Fuck. Will Kyle be able to unify the Around the World title? Who knows? And the album of the year, it, Tastemaker Championship. God damn. I should I should get a belt for this. Yeah, if if he doesn't get a belt, if I know only one question from Matt. This is coming from Matt, and it's going to be Malta. Nope. Well, Kyle's already one step. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give it away, Kyle. Well, hey, you know, I may have had another rough year, guys. Another year, another year of being a big old poopy pants. God. But you know what? Year two wasn't my year. Nope. I got another chance next year. Yep. And if next year doesn't work, <gasps> well, you know what they say. No, what do they say? The fourth times oh, the charm. We say that. Good night and good morning. Remember with the underground and talk to y'all later. Bye, guys. Have a good night.